fans and competitors meet at the end of this one. Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, and Kyler getting the edge once more. 37-14. Radio WTAM 1100. Let me try to be a prognosticator here. I think the reason Seth doctored that song is because you predicted the Browns will have five wins this year. Yeah, I did not doctor the uh, song at all. That's actually the song. Uh, but yes, uh, <laughs> five wins uh, for this team. And now maybe four, but five without a doubt. Yes. <laughs> Fred's chomping at the bit. You gotta go two and ten to get there. Yeah, you need a team to field on. on <laughs> I mean, you don't have a team. Uh, we're gonna get into injuries as the day goes on. Fred Greetham is with us. Billy Coleman, Carmen, Seth, and for people just joining us, uh, before one game was played this year, Seth predicted that the Browns. Uh, let me try to figure it out. They play seventeen games now instead of they'd be five and twelve. Yes. That was Seth's prediction uh, for the year, and um, they're three and three now. Seth, it's still not looking good for you. I, I think it is. I mean, now you have no running backs. You don't really have a quarterback. I mean, you and I could start over Case Keenum. So <laughs> okay, but you know what really kills me is that there's still people that will argue with me how great today's athlete is. That that's what kills me. Today's athlete is made out of China, and I don't mean the country. I mean the material or whatever it is you want to call China, you know, like China dishes. Yeah, they sneeze and Today, break a bone. Today's athlete is a joke. It They they really are. And why, and I'm, I'm going to bring it up to Fred and, uh, and Billy and Carmen and you also as the show goes on today, because there's something that needs to be done. Because it's like, I don't think by... When they start the playoffs in week 18, I don't think any team is going to have any players. They're going to be playing with replacement players. All right, uh, Fred, what did we see? We'll get into that. Believe me, we'll get into that. Uh, Fred, what, what, uh, what, what happened yesterday in your opinion? Well, I think it was a defensive debacle. I mean, they gave up a long drive to start the game, and they were down 7 nothing. Then they drove... The Browns did, got in field goal range, elected to go for it again. Instead of taking the points and being down 7-3, went for it on fourth down, didn't convert. The Cardinals went right down, you know, and scored again. It was 14 to nothing. It snowballed from there. Now, in that second drive, they, they called four defensive penalties, two pass interference and two personal fouls. 51 yards of the 78 were penalties. 
whether they were good calls or not, you know. But before you know it, it's 20 to nothing, and it just, you know, Browns really have no chance built with a running team and with three key players out. Now they have four key players out, probably for Thursday night on offense. So, yeah, it was a snowball. It it started bad, and it they just got... You know, to when they started turning the ball over and gave up 13 points on turnovers, you know they had the hail mary, got them back in the game, but then the defense could not get off the field. The whole first half, they get off on the first possession of the second half, punt, force a punt, and the offense does a three and out and punt. So, you know, that's on the defense. They've given up 84 points in two games. That's the best I can recall. About 42 a game. Is that a record, Carmen? I told you to look that up. I could not uh, find if that was a record or not in the history of the Browns, given up. Uh, it wasn't in any of the notes they put out, and usually they put out negative ones as well. Yeah. I, I, in, in, me personally, I mean, it could have happened, but me personally, I don't remember the Browns giving up 84 points in two games. Well, I think a lot of us repressed our memories from from 1999, those early years. There were some blowouts. <laughs> Fred, even uh, with that Hail Mary at the end, uh, as they were at uh, the end of the first half, I, I did not have a good feeling. I thought, unfortunately, the game was over at that point. Despite the now, fact. see me just the. Uh, let me interrupt, and then you can comment on that. Me just the opposite. When they completed the hell Mary at the end of the first half, I said they're going to win this game. I kind of felt that was that's what I thought w- was going to put them over the hump. I mean, the Cardinals literally that was like a sucker punch to them. Yeah, I literally felt the same way because as bad as things were in that first half, like I said, it started snowballing, strip sack, fumble. Uh, interception. It's it's literally twenty three to nothing, twenty to nothing, and then they they give up the field goal and it's twenty three to seven, and you throw a little outs and you're like doing nothing, and then you throw all the way. I didn't think he could get it in the end zone. He threw it in the end zone, and uh, yeah, I thought twenty three fourteen. You're only down nine, yeah, and right. you have momentum now and that's what i said the defense hadn't stopped them all five possessions in the first half the cardinals scored every time they had the ball they come out with the ball and they get a three and out punt and then the offense goes right back into you know nothing with it and they punted and and they kind of diffused all the momentum you know guys last week we were critical of that hail mary and uh you know the browns you know apparently not making an effort for the ball yesterday's hail mary triv i don't know if you saw number seven freddie i'm sure you saw numbers what was he thinking i i couldn't understand didn't look like they were even guarding him you know and it's like usually you have a everybody goes up and bats it around yeah just like last week I had never seen a Hail Mary go untouched. That one went <laughs> yes. untouched. Yes. The ball just landed in the end zone. And then yesterday, no way. They throw it down there. And Peoples Jones just, he did shield himself, but he goes up and touched on. He had a good game. He had a breakout game, you know, and so that bodes well. But as far as the rest, not too good, especially with the injuries. Billy? I felt with our defense, you know, after the Chicago and Minnesota game, things were coming around, and at the beginning of the year, you know, I felt it was going to take about seven or eight weeks, about halfway through the season to put things together. But then after those games, the injuries started to pile up. I don't know. I felt they came out, they looked very listless yesterday. Just the team that just, I think that the Chargers game, 
took a lot out of them uh, for one reason or another. And, uh, you know, they got in a hole early against Arizona, and, and there was no way they were climbing out. I was just uh, looking uh, to see. Uh, uh, yes, they did. Uh, a texter just texted in a 21095, brought to you by Absolute Roofing. Did Arizona ever punt in the game? Yes, they punted twice. Twice, twice yeah. But we only punted twice, but of course that's because we had all the turnovers too also. so Arizona scored the, on every possession in the first half. <laughs> yeah, see, it, it goes back to something that Terry Francona said to me a couple years ago on the air, and which I never realized and I'll never forget. Um, because I learned something about sports, and I've been following sports my whole life. A couple of years ago when Francona said this to me, I never really realized it until he said it. I asked him, I says, big advantage? I forget what game we were talking about with the Cleveland Indians, and I said to Terry Francona, big advantage of, of scoring first? He said, Triv, scoring first isn't as important as who scores next. And my point was, and going back to what Francona said, which is I thought was just a great point if you stop and think about it, when we scored at the end of the first half, I was saying to friends of mine, I said, we, second half, we come out and we score first here again, we're going to win this game without a doubt. And, you know, so the the important thing is, not who scores first, who scores next. Uh, and if when the Browns got the Hail Mary, I mean, without that Hail Mary, you know, they're in my eyes, they're completely Done. dead. When they got the Hail Mary, I said to myself, you know, we got a shot now. We score next, it's a two-point game. When it's in the second half, of course. You know, and I'm going to go right back, though, score, yes. because of the injuries. They gave up on the first play a sack and the third play a sack of the second half when you're talking about after they forced the punt. And you got two replacement tackles. Your top three tackles, because Chris Hubbard's out, mm-hmm. the top three are out. And the rookie gave up a sack, and, awesome. then, and then the converted guard to tackle gave up. And they're on first down and third down, and that killed you. You know, that killed any momentum, you know, for the, for the game. Yeah, know, going forward. And that's exactly why I did not have a good feeling after that Hail Mary, because I knew that um, Hanson Hudson were out there at tackles, and that's foreign land for them. I mean, there was a shot of J.J. Watt coming off the field about midway through the third quarter, and he was screaming to our fans or yelling to our fans, you can't block me. You can't block me. And, you know, I, Hudson I felt horrible for. I mean, he had a bad game. I mean, Baker sacked five times. Yeah, yeah. he was over-challenged yesterday, and, you know, that – you know, the week before, fortunately, um, you know, things worked out a little bit better as far as that went. But yesterday, uh, you know, it created a couple turnovers and, you know, momentum shifters for sure. They were without two of their best defensive line. Chandler Jones, their, their, who's got better stats than J.J. Watt, was out with COVID. And, they're, uh, and the defensive tackle, who just was player of the week a couple weeks ago, was also out with COVID. So... Besides their coach, and and you thought that the Browns had a big advantage, but it surely didn't turn out. That was that was a pretty much a shellacking. 
Yeah, and then uh, with all the injuries, I mean, you think there'll be anybody left to play in the playoffs uh, for any NFL team? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, at this rate, it's only one extra game, but yeah, they're... There's a lot of significant injuries, and you know, and that's what nobody wants to see is is backups playing, you know, at different positions. I think we said it here. It's a game of attrition now. You know, your depth. The Browns. There's no question to have better depth than they did a year ago, but you're losing some front line players. We haven't had any, you know, season ending, you know, as far as the front line guys, but. It's getting getting there. Those two today, you know, are significant. Could be four to six or longer for both Hunt and JOK. So you're going into Thursday night, basically one day of rest or one day of practice. Um, really going to be shorthanded. You don't even know if the quarterback will play. And with JOK, they they did not uh, declare whether it was a high ankle sprain. Yes, they did. It's okay. a high ankle sprain. Okay. And that's usually four, six weeks. You Maybe know. even longer. And Kareem Hunt is significant calf injury. NFL Network said four to six weeks. Uh, Stefanski would not said that isn't the the number he heard, but he didn't say if it was higher or lower. But I expect both those guys to go to injury reserve, meaning they'll miss at least three games, and that includes then the first two in the division with the Steelers and the Bengals. To me. Those are the six biggest games coming up is, you know, is those divisional games. They were very similar record at this point last year. They really caught on in the second half. It's just that right now they can't afford to to continue to lose and, and bury themselves. I just don't know what to make, Triv, of uh, this and Freddie and Billy, the Cincinnati Bengals. I, you know, a couple weeks ago I said I'm not sold, but, I mean, they just keep winning. They're playing. They're playing really well on the defensive side of the ball, and uh, their offense is doing enough. And that combination, uh, Burrow and Chase, they're there's something else. There's something to be reckoned with on the offensive side, and they're getting just enough running from Mixon, and you know, and beat. Mixon's catching the ball out of the backfield for touchdowns. Yeah, yeah that fourth fourth and short yesterday caught a little flare out of the backfield for a touchdown. Well, I mean, it's. Uh... I, I agree with Carmen. I'm not worried about the Cincinnati Bengals. If there's anybody in the division you got to worry about, it's the uh, it's the Ravens. Triv and Freddie, how good of a job has John Harbaugh done with this team? He's lost every one of his backs. Murray went out yesterday. Peters is out for the season, I believe, and yet they're still winning. Yeah, they're five and one, and you know the winless. The Lions are now like zero and six, and it took a sixty-six yard field goal to win that game. They just find a way to win, and we saw in the Colts game, you know, the missed field goals last Monday night, and they were able to take advantage. One thing you talked about that Chargers game that didn't even look like the same team. You know, yeah. you talk about the Chargers and the Browns leaving it. You know, the week before, not only did it affect the Browns, I think it affected the Chargers because both teams looked pathetic. Yes. You know, the Chargers, that was not the team. You know, and the Ravens have a good defense, but they're not that good that they just completely shut down Justin Herbert. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all their Mike Williams, Eckler, none of them did anything. Hey, uh, you worried about selling your home? You worried about the next, uh, of, Purchasing a new home? Hey, I'm Mike Gerasano for Ryan Young, the young team, Keller Williams, Greater Metropolitan. Now, Evan and Aaron of Willoughby needed to find a larger home to accommodate their growing family. 
Within two weeks, Ryan Young and his team, with his experienced team, got two offers and helped them evaluate so they could select the best deal. Their home sold for 16000 over asking price. If you're selling your home, please do yourself a favor and call Ryan Young. And Ryan Young is a realtor that if you're not happy with him at any time, you can get out of the contract. He doesn't lock you in. Call him, 216-208-4391 if you're selling your home. 216-208-4391. Or go to his website. You can even take virtual tours of homes on his website. The website, theyoungteam.com. That's Ryan Young. Theyoungteam.com is the website. Our phone numbers are uh, 216-578-1100. If you'd like to participate in some Brown stock here with Fred Greetham, Billy Coleman, Carmen, Seth, and myself. And uh, 216-578-1100. 216-578-1111. We'll be back uh, after a short break with Julie with the news. Talking sports, football players at Elyria High dedicated their game against Amherst to assistant coach Devon Bogard, who died a week ago in an apartment fire. This student told 3 News. Being here on the field every Friday night meant everything to him. His energy not being here is a huge impact. It's definitely different. As tributes to Bogard, players wore his initials on their helmets along with the number 30, which was his number when he played on Ohio State's national championship team. A new study places Columbus in the top 10 for the highest increase in homicide rates in 2021. Updated details of a report by WalletHub show that homicide rates have increased by 34% this year over the same periods in 2019 and 2020. Columbus ranks number 10 behind Louisville, Detroit, Washington, D.C., Indianapolis, Baltimore, New Orleans, Chicago, Memphis and Atlanta. An elderly man is recovering today after having been stabbed at a Cleveland gas station over the weekend. The 73-year-old victim was wounded in the hand and had his vehicle stolen during an early morning stop Saturday at the Fuel Point Station on East 79th Street. Police have not provided any word of any arrest just yet in the case. And Ohio's largest battery-operated bus fleet launched today. Lake Trans buses rolled out of the Wycliffe Transit Center's park and ride, and the center has been in use for more than 30 years. It now offers restrooms, charging stations, bike racks, and there's Wi-Fi there. Lake Tran also operates a commuter service between Lake County and downtown Cleveland. Your traffic and weather is together mornings and afternoons. Here's Olivia. From the Oak Oak Traffic Center, if an auto accident caused you injury, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Cleanup of an earlier broken water main closing Fairmount Boulevard between Gates Mills and Somme Center. Watch for accidents East Washington Street at Snyder Road and Bainbridge. Also Euclid Avenue near East 3rd and on West 127th at Lorraine Avenue. This report is sponsored by Empire Window Company. Let Empire Window Company transform the look of your home. Buy two windows, get two free. Looking for siding? How about 35% off? Plus free gutters. Call 440-236-0333. Empire Window Company. You deserve a fair price. Olivia Musica, WTAM traffic at 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. Your three news weather today, partly cloudy skies. We're going to top out in the low 60s. For tonight, mostly clear. The low will be in the upper 40s. And for your Tuesday, sun highs in the low 70s. I'm Julie Holiday. Your next news is at the top of the hour and anytime on Facebook or Twitter at WTAM 1100. You know, another thing I want to bring up, uh, people can laugh at me all they want. I don't really care. I'm not one that believes, uh, well, maybe I do a little bit, but I don't know. 
I'm not one that believes in curses, but is this town cursed when it comes to sports? The Maloik is clearly affecting us. <laughs> what do you say about 16? Oh, that's uh, part of that, it. Well, as Glenn Forbes said, which is a great point, uh, that only continued the curse, that championship. Oh. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You're referencing. It really, it really didn't break it. It continued it. You know, a guy that never wanted to be here to begin with, LeBron James. Just a kid from Remember, Africa. as a wise man once said, Art Modell only left Cleveland once. That's true. Yes. LeBron <laughs> broke that record. You know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, I don't know. It, it's just, I will say this, and, you know, there's some people, I think most people would agree with the statement I'm about to make. This Browns team, talent-wise, is loaded. And the season is nowhere near over yet. And this, there's no way this team should be 3-3 three and three with the talent they have on this team, especially the lack of talent in the NFL. I mean, Arizona is an undefeated team that... If that's the best the NFL can offer right now, uh, I mean, Your Honor, I rest my case on on the talent in the NFL. Well, I mean, that's 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 not a. I would say that's what you would call a good NFL team. That's about it. Yeah, I mean, as far as I was looking, you know, this Sunday would have been a year ago when the Browns in the COVID year played their sixth game against the Steelers, and arguably it might have been the low point of the year. They got blown out. It was like 38-6, to I think, or something like that. And Mayfield was just annihilated, and he looked terrible. He couldn't get a six early. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. They they were 4-1. and one. They lost that, so they were 4-2. and two. But everybody was like, this is the low point. Well, then they had that win over the Bengals with 11 seconds to go, and then a terrible game where they got beat by the Raiders at home. And they were five and three at the eight eight game mark. They're sitting here at three and three. They play the Broncos and the Steelers to get to that same point. I think they're both winnable games. Doesn't mean they will they will win them both. It doesn't mean they'll lose them both. But my point is, you win them both. You're five and three, and that's really where they got going last year in the second half of the season. I don't know what the future is, but you go back to last year's defense. I'm just talking defense. The defense last year, man for man, you compare it, there is a in there is a major talent upgrade at every position, in my opinion, looking at it. For whatever reason, they don't look like a defense that's any better. Last year, the only common denominator I see is they took the ball away like crazy last year. They were leading the league. They were leading the NFL in takeaway ratio at this point last year. Right now, they're in the middle or the or about the 20th range. They are negative three in turnover ratio this year. Last year, they were like plus eight, nine, ten at this point in the year. They're not taking the ball away for whatever reason, and that's how it is in the NFL. You know, the Cards got three turnovers yesterday, turned it into 13 points, 
And that's significant. Browns didn't get any. Didn't do it. You know, though, and I understand exactly what you're saying, but to give you the other side of that, a lot of turnovers aren't the defense. A lot of turnovers throughout the course of a season is mistakes by the offense. Right. I was talking about about this time, Miles Garrett had like four strip sacks, and those were game-changing. Like, he got the sack, yeah, but he also yeah, yeah. caused the fumble, and the Browns then converted. Haven't had those this year. Yesterday, Kyler Murray fumbled the ball four yes. times, yeah. and he recovered all of them. <laughs> right. That, that's what I'm. That, that's what I'm saying. Sometimes it's turnovers. Are sometimes a, a, a percentage of them is luck. Yeah, I agree. Like a like a fumble when the ball hits the ground, it can bounce right back to the person that fumbled or to another player on his team, and then the next time he fumbles, it bounces right to the defensive guy. So the defense, you know, winds up with the turnover, but it was a lucky bounce. It really wasn't anything the defense did. Do you follow what I'm saying, Fred? Exactly. Interceptions. Sometimes a quarterback will throw the ball right to a defensive guy or overthrow, and the safety's just standing back there protecting deep, and you overthrow a wide receiver, and boom, it's right in the safety's hands. The defense, in my opinion, had nothing to do with that turnover. It was a bad pass by the quarterback. And I don't mean Baker Mayfield. I mean any quarterback. So turnovers sometimes can be deceiving. You know what I mean? The amount of them is Exactly is. And usually it evens out. I mean, Anthony Walker could have had a pick six yesterday. He dropped it. You know, he, he right. got his hands up. And then it's a different game. But, you know, I, I just say when you're looking at the players out there, they are they are notably better Maybe they just don't play as well as individually as a team. I don't know. But last year I knew the defense was poor. And they gave up 26.2 points a game. And we knew that, and they spent the whole offseason upgrading it. I thought this defense was really going to be at least top 15. They're ranked second still, believe it or not, after yesterday in yards allowed, which is deceptive as well. But... I think they're not as bad as they have been the last two weeks. They're not as good as they were against the Bears and the Vikings. They're somewhere in the middle. You just got to get the offense and the defense to have a game together. Uh, you, we talked about, um, I think Pastor Scott said last week, we're, we're always should have been undefeated, should have been 5-0 and last week. No, they should have lost yesterday. So, so they should be 5-1 and even for the should have guys. You know, you can't any way you look at it and say they should have won yesterday's game the well, way it yeah. turned out. Heading into Thursday night, you know, all Browns fans are thinking, well, we're going to get this one. Uh, Baker's banged up. Odell's banged up. Nick Chubb, we don't know his status. Obviously, Kareem's out. We could have DeErnest in the backfield and Demetric Felton back there as well. Sort of like the Ravens. Yes. Yes. Yeah, you know, and that's, you know, yesterday in the game, Baker Mayfield's shoulder dislocated again, and so did Odell Beckham's. And to both their credit, they came, both came back and played. Um, but I don't know, what do you say, at what point is he hurting the team? Because when he gets hit and they go after that shoulder, when he goes to the ground, it's probably going to come out again because now it's really loose in there. And you really can't fix that without surgery. And surgery is season-ending. I know he wants to play. What are you going to determine? The coach said today he's totally deferring to the medical staff. Baker said he's absolutely playing. You know, it's extremely painful. But I don't know if you say, you know, at this point, maybe maybe we need to 
look elsewhere? Or do you just say, hey, you you want to play, you play? I, I, I have never seen so many injuries in my life. It, I mean, not only on the Browns. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, un, I mean, I don't know what, we're, we're going to have some, uh, um, as the week goes on, and the weeks go on, we're going to try to find some doctors and this and that, and I want to run something by these doctors that was told to me by a very professional doctor uh, years ago, and I've said it on the air about the Similac generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there's so many non-contact injuries, it's unbelievable. So I'm going to dig deeper in that with some doctors and get their opinions on it. I've never seen anything like it. And they've they've... The rule changes in the NFL are unbelievable. I mean, you don't see nearly. I mean, every once in a while you'll see a good hit, but you don't see nearly the hits that you once did in the NFL. The defensive backs really can't hit like they used to. And you're seeing more and more injuries. There's something that needs to be addressed, and, of course, it's way above uh, my knowledge but I mean, I, I, I these athletes, I, I would keep them away from the weights. I, I, I think they, they, uh, you know, they, they want to build their body and have muscles and all this. But meanwhile, they can't stay on the field for five minutes. It's unbelievable. No matter what sport it is, they hardly wear any equipment these days, too. Uh, the, I mean, you look at some of these guys. Another that, thing, right? You know, it's so, it's so minimal. You have to think if, you, if and when you do take a good shot, that that's going to take a toll. Where if you were a little bit more protected, per se. You'd be a little better shape. But to, to Triv's point with the non And hold on one second, yeah. Carmen. The other thing, too, and to get you guys' opinion and then jump in, Carmen, uh, Stefanski. I mean, look at him this year. He looks like Hugh Jackson. Last year, he looked like we were saying, oh, my God, we finally found a coach. He looks, he looks like two different guys. Yeah, I mean, as far as you're talking about the Bengals, it's almost like the Bengals are capturing the Browns' magic from a year ago. The Browns, everything went right last year. They were undermanned. I think they were under the radar, and, and it seems like with all the you know the accolades, everything before the year, this is a playoff Super Bowl team, you know, type of thing that they started out playing that way. But but lately, the last couple games, they started to not play down particularly on the defensive side and so i think stefanski's really now he's he's facing his first real stretch of adversity and we'll see how he handles with it you know it's it's uh you know you have a lot of key injuries that maybe he didn't have a year ago and at this point in the season so he's got his work cut out for him to get the ship straightened for thursday yeah, the times when I, you know, I'm hearing some of his conversations, I said, well, it's it's on me, we need to fix this, it's on me, like, shifting the blame to himself, but you got to get to a point in time where the action on the field has got to speak louder than what he's, you know, what he's saying with things and that, and the situation with Mayfield, you know, I was going to say, with that shoulder, you know, you got basically two days to rest, two, two and a half, three days, and, you know... You know, put your pride aside a little bit, and if you're in that bad of shape, for the betterment of the team, let somebody else try to step in there and see what they can do. That's just my that's just my thoughts. But you know, I, I read where he said oh, it's going to take a herd of uh, Broncos to. It just to get doesn't him out of heal there. though, unless you have surgery. So it's either season ending or or keep going because it's a it's just a pain tolerance. Well, you know, the, and yeah. that's the thing, though. I mean, how the, will that affect his mechanics? 
Well, and the keep going part, the last two weeks hasn't worked out so well. So well, you're right there. And Triv, uh, to your point about the non-contact injuries, I mean, Kareem, shoot, he went through the line of scrimmage and he went straight down. You know, and that's not the first time. I didn't even know that Nick Chubb was injured uh, during the, the game last week against San Diego. 21 carries, 161 yards, and two scores. Okay, and then he ends up on the injury report. Well, I, I kind of ripped on Stefanski on this show last week about why 24 was standing on the sideline. And, you know, I said it on the pregame show. I apologize. I didn't know he was hurt. Yeah. He, the reason he wasn't in the game was because he had suffered a calf injury, but because they give you no information, you didn't know that yes. until last Wednesday. Hey, Fred, who was it last year, and you, you brought it up numerous times, that uh, Stefanski said every week he's week to week, but he had Greedy a calf Williams. injury. And, hey, well, he no, missed the no. whole year, didn't he? Greedy Williams had that nerve issue in his shoulder. He was injured August 24th, and he was day-to-day. And the first five games, he was inactive, and he was day-to-day. But then they put him on injured reserve, and he didn't play the whole season. But it was, you know, I understand you're trying to kind of protect a little bit, but it's hard to make it, you know, when somebody is is injured to the point that they're out for the season, you'd think you could disclose that. but. Yeah, Nick Chubb, you know, that's a big blow. I mean, that team was the number one rushing offense in the NFL, average 187 yards. You're missing the number two running back in the NFL. No no disrespect to Kareem Hunt, but you're missing him. You're missing your two tackles, and you rush for 73 yards. That's like the worst of the year, and you were playing the 29th uh, worst rushing defense in the NFL. So that that made no sense at all. You know, it's like uh, going back to Ernest Biner and uh, Kevin Mack. I mean, I, I, they ran the ball a bazillion times. I don't remember those guys uh, getting hurt like these guys do today. It is, and I'm not just, you know, there's really legitimate injuries and all that, but some of it, just just a thought to me, is there's as many doctors down there, or trainers, as there are, you know, coaches. And sometimes I think now... You want to protect the guys, but I think guys are being held out. You know, the Ronnie Harrison had the protocols against the Chargers, I think it was, on the second play of the game. He had a suspected concussion, so the protocol is he couldn't go back in the game, even though he was cleared the next morning and he was fine. He didn't have a concussion. So some Damn. of these guys are just, you know, they're held out for really no reason at all sometimes. Sometimes they think they're putting these injuries in their heads, too. You know, that's all they talk about, all they talk about. Like in baseball, 100 pitches, 100 pitches. I mean, you, you drive these guys crazy, and sometimes, I don't know. Who you had knows? 17 hey, on the injury report last Wednesday out of 53. That's 30% of the roster was on the injured report. And it's going to grow, obviously. Uh, hey, I'm Mike Gerasano for Bath R Us. Now, does your bathroom need remodeling, or is it just outdated? My friends at Bath R Us can design the bath of your dreams, and this is a great time to get it done before the holidays. Bath R Us, they're bathroom experts. They offer complete bathroom remodeling service. Let me repeat myself. Complete bathroom remodeling service, whatever you need. Everything they install comes with a lifetime warranty. They will transform any bathroom to the bathroom of your dreams. Their technicians, the best. Trust me. And right now, you can get $1,000 off your project. 
Just call Bathurst now, 440-276-8017. They'll come out, and they'll give you an estimate and show you samples and tell you exactly what you need, and you'll get $1,000 off, 440-276-8017, or go to their website, bathrus.com. Get that bathroom remodeled, bathrus.com, for all the info. Um, we're talking Browns. We're talking Browns uh, for the entire show today. Join us if you want to participate after the news. Uh, you can call 216-578-1100 or 216-578-1111. Or you can text us at 21095, brought to you by Absolute Roofing. We'll be back. Friends and competitors meet at the end of this one. Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray. And Kyler getting the edge once more. 37-14. Trevisano Show on News Radio WTAM 1100. Seth loves playing that song because uh, Seth predicted at the beginning of the year that the Browns would have five wins for the yes. entire year. Yes, indeed. You know you're not going to be right. Uh, that is uh, not true. I mean, I'm looking at the schedule, and I was given some information here. And just looking at the remaining schedule, you're not going to beat the Ravens. You're not going to beat the Steelers. You're not going to beat the Bengals. You're not going to beat the Raiders. You're certainly not going to beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. You, you're probably going to beat the Lions. I, I thought Seth was talking about the Washington football team, five wins or less. I, I mentioned that to him a couple weeks ago. Look at this. Team. Would you, to get back to uh, reality here. Reality. Uh, would you say that this Thursday's game is it a... Uh, really a determining factor in the outcome of this season because if they lose to Denver Thursday, uh, I mean, that could be the beginning of the end, but I don't think that will happen. But would you you put a lot of importance on game seven of an NFL 17-game schedule? Well, I would. It's very important because you don't want to go three and four um, and then you have a lingering like mini buy, like ten days. I just got the injury report. You wouldn't believe this. You're talking about your injuries. The Browns have twenty names on it, and the Broncos have ten. So there's thirty guys injured for this week's game. Including. Out of a hundred, roughly, yes. That's thirty yeah. percent of the two teams are hurt. Mm-hmm. Including their second leading tackler, Denver's second leading tackler. So. Yeah, he was. He's going to be put on injury reserve. I don't think he was. Well, yeah, he's on here, but he hasn't been moved yet. Well, Arizona had injuries. A lot of injuries going into yesterday's game too. They lost their head coach and their quarterback coach too because of COVID. 
Yeah, and they I lost think- their two best defensive players, yep. you know, and and Chandler Jones, who was had five sacks, and uh, the defensive tackle Zach, um, he missed. And like you said, I thought it was going to be a factor with Murray not having a guy in his ear because they didn't have an offensive coordinator. You know, on the rust on their on their staff, the head coach was the play caller. He was out with COVID and the quarterback coach. So all the guys that were in the quarterback's ear weren't there. They had an offensive line, and it, it worked. And Triv, to your uh, question as to whether you know this is a make or break game, for the simple fact, I say no only because they still have all their division games left. That's the one saving grace with this Browns football team. Problem, problem being with this week would be um, you're you're at home again. You know, to drop two in a row at home would be tough because they always say you know take care of business on your home turf. But I think with that being said, we definitely have a distinct advantage playing at home on a short week. That should work into our favor with everything going on. So, you know, hopefully they turn the tables and can pull it out. Seth, see if you can get Nick Camino on. Uh, we could ask him about athletes being bigger, faster, and stronger today. I'll call. See, see, yeah, see if you, you could. You could bet all the money you have in your pocket. He won't answer that phone call. Oh, without a doubt. Yes. <laughs> Fred Greetham was with us. Billy Coleman, Carmen, Seth, and myself. And uh, Seth uh, didn't have a whole lot of confidence in this year's Browns team, but the five wins, uh, Fred. That's 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 a ridiculous prediction. No win. Well, five I, I, I don't. Accident. I don't yeah. bet, but I'd take that one. You know, I'd I'd put. I don't understand how you think I'm being negative. I'm being realistic here as far as looking at the schedule. Because, you know, even, you know, just about any team will win games. They shouldn't win. Even the bad, bad Browns teams won games, won more than two games. We went two years and won one game. So it's entirely possible that this team wins five, especially with half the team out. Yeah, but not when they win three of the first six, Seth. This is ridiculous. We We can go O and whatever for the next... Seth, what you should do is take the money you have in your wallet, put it on the table. Freddie will match it. Billy will hold it. And at the end of the year, or uh, you know, if your prediction doesn't come true, well, I already have a bet on my five wins, and two, I have zero money in my wallet, so that would be a hell of a bet. Well, the one thing that's consistent with this team this year and the teams of past years is that they're both in last place. They'll have five wins in the by three weeks. <laughs> in my opinion. But. I mean, we're Fred. We're going to try to um, um, get some uh, uh, Billy. We're going to try to get some doctors on to really talk about the injuries because with the rule changes, the game is no. It's nowhere near as physical as it once was. I mean, if if you want to argue, somebody wants to argue that, then they haven't been watching football for that long a time. So they're really technically, you know, they look what they've done with kickoffs. They've eliminated them, everything, okay, to make the game uh, safer and less injuries because they're paying these athletes so much money. That's why they want to do that. I don't understand. I mean, it is, I, and I don't even know why it's not talked about. There's something, these guys are training, eating, a combination of the two. They're doing something wrong for there to be this many injuries. I don't know what the answer is. I'm just speculating what I said. You talked to any of the old-timers that played like it was pretty much, it was up to them if they stayed in the game, you know, whether, and I'm not saying that's right when you have concussions and all these things, but they were literally just, 
you know, being scraped off the field, and you know, or they were out there. And and now I think they're being held out. They take their helmet from them. They can't go back out there. And <laughs> they take it from them physically. Yeah, they. Yeah, they do. They take their helmet <laughs> so they can't go back on the field. You know, and that's one of the things you look for when you're looking at the sidelines with binoculars, like yesterday. Odell Beckham went out of the game. He acted like his shoulder had popped out of the socket, like he had said it has been doing since he was in college. And he, they gave him his helmet back. He was standing there, with, so he's going to go back in the game in the second half. And so, yeah, they do. They take it away so they can't run out in the field. You ever notice, though, when they target Beckham a lot, they never seem to win? Well, you know, I, usually when they're behind, they're trying to get a play. I can't. I can't see any. You know, he did drop a pass yesterday. It was a good defensive play, but he still should have caught it. I think it was that fourth down. You know, late, which kind of sealed the the fate. He had one against the Chargers. He he made some plays. He had like three catches that kept drives going. There was a first and twenty at a twenty four yard catch, and so I don't think he's the problem. I just think that the defense is the major problem in my opinion right now they got to get that fixed and they got to get it taken care of and they had all their guys on the field yesterday can i suggest one thing and what i mean joe woods has forgotten more about football than i'll ever know but with all this miscommunication and these breakdowns in the secondary why don't you just go to a man especially on the nine third blown coverage how can you not be anywhere near deandre hopkins arguably the best or one of the best three or four receivers in the NFL, is standing there, standing, not even moving, with not anybody within five, ten yards of him yesterday in the back of the end zone. You know, I I could answer that for you, Carmen. I I think the reason they don't play much man-to-man anymore, and most teams don't, is because of the rule changes. You can't bump them. I understand. Well, it's almost impossible to play man to man with the rule changes. I I understand your point, but inside the ten yard line, I mean that that ball was on the nine yard line. I mean it, it just makes sense. You go to a man right there, and then there's no confusion. I I don't know, but that's just my my opinion. Well, but if if there's confusion, then you have then it's it's on the athlete. Oh, big time. Last it's week. not on the coach. I don't understand the point. It's not on the coach. So you're saying they got a bunch of dumb players, so they can't do zones because they screw up and they misread, so go to man-to-man because the players are stupid. I'm not saying the players are stupid. They're, there's a miscommunication. Well, well, there's either the players are stupid and and can't execute the zones and the reads, Clearly, or the defensive coordinator is horrible. It's one of the two. Clearly, they're not talking amongst themselves. So which which one is it? I'm putting it on the players. I'm putting it on the players. Yeah. So I mean, if a player can't execute the zone coverages and the reads and be where he's supposed to be, then he's stupid. <laughs> well, that, that's that's your words. No, Easy. that's not. Then that's that's a fact. Yeah. It, what, what? what what else is it? Yeah, they're they're not they're not ready well, to give me another. What else is it then? No, that that's it, and it's not on Joe Woods. Well, then what are you afraid to say it for? Get guys in here, you know, that are more disciplined. And if, if you execute zone reads and zone defenses, it's on the players to be able to absorb that type of information to run those particular defenses. One hundred percent. If they're in the wrong place, it's like doing a math test. 
two plus two is four. They're putting down two plus two is five. Yes, sir. Well, and they're getting so they're stupid. Yeah, and they're getting paid to do a job, so <laughs> right. they, they should be able to execute. I mean, you've got two first-round picks there, and you've got two second-round picks there to comprise that secondary. But, Triv, my thing is when you're, you know, the opponent is deep in your territory like that on the nine-yard line, just go to a man. I mean, you basically have three other defenders in each boundary in the, the end line of the end zone. And the fact that DeAndre Hopkins is, Freddie said, a top-five receiver in this league, I mean, that's the one guy you got to know where he is at all times. And he just walks right out. And the safety in the corner both jump the the flat route from the tight end on that play. Can it be offensive players that understand the zone defenses and are taking advantage of the zone defenses also? Or well, yes, yes. But in that instance, um, there was nothing for uh, basically DeAndre Hopkins. All he had to do was not fall down. What he was running that post. So in a in a zone defense, well, yeah, but that's a physical mistake if he fell down. Yes, but I'm just saying that could happen to anybody. You know, when you go to when you go to cut left or right, you slip and fall. Mm -hmm. But what what I'm saying is, the offensive players in 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 meetings have to be told what certain defenses are. Absolutely. And they can they they can fake out the defense. So sometimes to the average fan, like you or me, you look at it and you blame the defense. And actually, it was a great offensive move that you don't even realize. Well, case in point, last week, greedy against the Chargers. You know, and Josh and I were talking about that, Triv. That's you know that's the instance where um, greedy Williams bit. And that was just I mean, it's 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 really. I mean, I remember Bertie telling me this, and I can't remember the safety, but the safety used to fake out quarterbacks. Who in the hell was he talking? I can't remember. It's it's a well known safety, and the the safety would whatever he would do, he would take a couple steps to the left, knowing that the quarterback is going to throw the ball over the middle, thinking that the, you know by the way he's reading the offense, and the quarterback looks like. To him, that the receiver is open, but here at the last minute, when the quarterback lets go of the ball, the safety comes shooting in, and it was planned the whole time by the safety. I hope I explained that right, yeah. and you understand what I'm saying. But it was a great fake out by the safety that made the quarterback throw the ball. See, that's a lot of times we look at certain things, and we we as fans we go, you know, that player made a uh, that defensive player made a mistake. Sometimes the offensive player. It's it was a great play by him that made the defensive player look like he made a mistake, but it was a great offensive play. Yeah, and sometimes, and you may have been thinking around. You know Lott what? It might have. I, I don't think it was Ronnie Lott. I think it might have been Ed Reed that Bertie told me about. Maybe you know, I don't know. I don't know who it was. Well, but. regardless, to your point about the safety, you know, yeah, indeed, a safety can bait the quarterback. Right. Yeah. So no, you're a hundred percent correct. That, but then. What you'll say is the quarterback made a mistake. No. This is the point I'm trying to make. And But it really wasn't the quarterback that made the mistake. It was the safety that made a great play. Sure, the defenses can fool the offenses uh, as well as the offenses. And the them. offenses should be able to fool the defenses. Exactly. In Arizona, probably, you know, they took a look at the film last week against the Chargers and, you know, looked to see where the couple breakdowns were and probably, you know, kept an eye on to see if, 
you know, they could find the same type of situation set up. You know, it's just, it goes back to, Fred and Billy and Carmen said, it goes back to what I've been saying for years, okay? To give you an example, when Bieber throws a, a, a one-hit shutout, we we here in Cleveland brag how great Bieber is. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when now we face another pitcher from another team, and that pitcher that day throws a one-hit shutout against us, right? Yeah. We we don't brag about the pitcher. We say our team can't hit. <laughs> yes, we don't tip our cap to the opponent. <laughs> yeah, you're right. It goes both ways in sports, and it's really hard to figure out sometimes who should get the credit. You understand what I'm saying, Fred? Absolutely. You know, the Cardinals are 6-0. and you got to give them credit. They're the only undefeated team in the NFL. I don't think they're going to do the Miami Dolphins thing, but they're in a pretty tough division. They have the NFC West out there. And I thought the Browns would, would knock them off yesterday because that's just what happens when teams are undefeated. They usually stumble or look past. But they came in, took advantage early, and, it, and the, the ball got rolling, and you couldn't stop it. It was just too much to overcome with the mistakes and the injuries. How about the decision to go for it on fourth down instead of taking the three? I, they've made six out of 15. That's 40%. Is that worth going for it? I like him being aggressive. But I explained that the Cardinals got, after the Browns got a three and out, the Cardinals went 78 yards for a touchdown. They're up 7 nothing. Browns drive, get down, you know, inside to the 13 stall go for it and turn the ball over on downs the cardinals immediately go the distance and they're up 14 nothing rather than 7-3 and that's the truth who scores next a huge momentum switch yep. even if you would have just no, got don't a give me credit for that, that well, that's that's Terry francona Frank yes that's that's francona and hey we got to go to news here but before before we go to news too uh uh it's uh Amazing sometimes to me how um, the Cleveland Browns, with great running backs, even though they're hurt, and wasn't Arizona like one of the worst teams run with run defense in the NFL so far this year? 28th in the NFL, giving up 140 yards on the ground a game, and the Browns had their worst rushing game. 73 yards. Something to do, though, with the guy that you didn't think was very good when I first talked about him. Well, no, 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 no. I've given you credit. <laughs> I know. Okay, but I, I never said that he wasn't very I'm good. I'm saying elite. Okay. Back then. I never said that. <laughs> <laughs> I was giving you a hard time on it. Yes. I What I, what I have said, and, I'm, you know, I, we were arguing about this yesterday, a bunch of us, Okay. I mean, and this is a hell of an argument. I don't know if this is the time and the place for it, but uh, you have Chubb and Kareem Hunt, right? Mm-hmm. Are they better than Biner and Mac? Wow. I mean, that's that's two thousand yard brushers, Fred. Ah, oh, boy. I think they are. You know, one, one Billy different different eras is a little. It's that's a tough comparison. Tough comparison. That's a heck of a question, Triv. I think they're more flamboyant. Does that make any sense? But I don't think I, I don't know if they're more reliable and dependable. That was my whole issue. Why not play Chubb and Hunt together? Is because you have one block for each other, just like yeah. Mac and Biner did. 
But I mean, well, you know that that's that that's you could text two one zero nine five brought to you by Absolute Roofing. Now, in your opinion, Mac and Biner, Chubb and Hunt, what pair would you take? We'll be back after Julie's notes. Southwest Airlines employees and customers are protesting the company's coronavirus vaccine mandate as they gathered outside the company's headquarters in Texas today. Southwest workers have until late November to get the shot, or they can also file for medical or religious exemption. Missionaries kidnapped by a gang in Haiti are working with an Ohio-based organization. The 17 missionaries, including children, were working with Holmes County-based Christian Aid Ministries. The group is made of 16 Americans and one Canadian. The group was taken by the 400 Mawazo gang while it was on its way back from building an orphanage. Leaders at Cleveland Animal Care and Control report that their Detroit Avenue facility is at full capacity, so to help empty the shelter and find homes for the animals, dog adoption rates are being reduced to just $21 for the rest of the month. The facility is also adding special walk-up adoption hours on the weekends, and animals up for adoption can be seen on the local news page at WTAM.com. Wild Winter Lights is coming back to Cleveland Metro Park Zoo as it opens on November 16th and features more than 1 million lights. You can drive through. You can also walk through and you can come to this year's event. It'll also feature ice carvers, live music and carousel rides. Your traffic and weather is together mornings and afternoons. Here's Olivia. From the Okanagan Traffic Center, if an auto accident caused you injury, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. An accident in Perry closing Route 84 between Milford Drive and Webb Road. Also, repairs from an earlier broken water main closing Fairmount Boulevard between Gates Mills and Som Center. Watch for accidents 90 West after Route 611 and on the Jennings South at Brook Park. This report is sponsored by Safe Auto Insurance. Good news, Ohio. Safe Auto offers state minimum car insurance for less than 66 cents a day. Safe Auto is available 24-7 to help you save. Get a quote in less than three minutes at safeauto.com or call 1-800-SAFE-AUTO. Olivia Musica, WTAM traffic at 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. Your three news weather today, partly cloudy skies. We're going to top out in the low 60s tonight, mostly clear. The overnight low will be in the upper 40s. And for your Tuesday, sunny highs in the low 70s. I'm Julie Holiday. Your next news is at the top of the hour and anytime on Facebook or Twitter at WTAM 1100. Let's uh, squeeze a phone call in here. Uh, Fred Greetham is with us. Billy Coleman is with us. Josh Cripps will join us in the 5 o'clock hour. Uh, who's on the phone line? Tweets. Tweets, you're in the air, Tweets. Hello. Sorry. Yeah, sorry, I was out in the kitchen making dinner. Uh, Yeah. Um, Anyway, geez, let me find my notes here. Um, Good afternoon, gentlemen. Notes. Hello. Hi. Beautiful, beautiful Monday in the state of Cleveland, OHIO, right? Yeah, Better a little cool, Saturday but not bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, I like working in this kind of weather. Anyway, can somebody check the injury report? I, just... I didn't see Ge- Miles Garrett's name on there. Did he even play? I never heard his name in 59 minutes. Yeah, he had three tackles in a sack. He did play. That, he did play. Yes, oh, he right. was out well, there. Awful quiet day for him. So I'll see you when I see you. All right, thank you for the phone call. Yeah, you know, as as great as Miles Garrett, that's a good point that Tweets makes. As great as Miles Garrett uh, supposedly is, he's not a very consistent great player. 
He has some. He has some off games in that. I, you know, he. I think last check he was leading the AFC in sacks, or maybe all of the, NFL. the NFL. NFL. Yeah, he had a sack so, yesterday, a sack last week, and but then he then, had that, those four sacks against uh, Chicago. Yeah, so he'll have a you know a huge game like that, and then you know he'll come back with you know two tackles or a half a sack only. So yeah, I think it's when people look at it and see that you know he's had a couple of huge games and that's hiked up his numbers and you know therefore. Shows like he's inconsistent. Now, Triv's point is he's not a twenty-five million dollar man, basically. Yeah. You know, and hey, you know, st- sacks is the stat. You know, that's all that everybody zeroes in on, and you know, that's what they get paid the big money for. But I, last year when he was getting the strip sacks, those were game changing. You know, they was causing fumbles and. The Browns recover and turn them into points, and we haven't seen that yet this year. Now, he is—he's got two injuries. He's—he's he's had two injuries on his on the report the last three weeks, ankle and knee, and he's saying he's playing no matter what. So at least you got to give it that. You look at any of these guys. J.J. Watt's the premier guy, you know. Now with the Cardinals, with Chandler Jones missing, he had one sack, two quarterback hurries. He did have the strip sack. That's 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 what you're waiting on Garrett to do is is get the ball out of the quarterback's hands. Our phone numbers are uh, 216-578-1100, uh, 216-578-1111. Uh, I, there's, there's no way Denver can beat this team Thursday, is there? They won the first three and they've lost three. You know, they, they're banged up too. Um I think there's any way any any of these teams can. I mean, they're not looking as formidable as they started the season, but yeah, I think they can they can win Thursday night. I mean, the Browns are extremely banged up. I just went over the injury report. There's 20 names on it. 10 did not practice, or if they would have had practice today, 10 that were not able to practice. Short week. Hudson yeah. at one tackle. Um, Hans at the other tackle. And Hudson, obviously, he's not the most uh, confident guy right now after his performance yesterday. Triv, I mean, Nick Chubb, we don't know if he's going to be able to play Thursday. Obviously, Kareem's out. You'll have Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton running the football. And Denver, you know, they did win their first three games. That was against the likes of the Jets, Giants, and Jaguars. So, um, you know, when they stepped up in competition against the, you know, Las Vegas Raiders and Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh's right with us right now. But, uh, you know, they've struggled. So, Bridgewater has a lot of success as a starting quarterback on the road. Hopefully he doesn't have a lot of success this Thursday. Yeah, no, I just, uh, you know, just, I mean, I understand Miles Garrett is a very good player and everything, but I think he could be much more, I think he could be much more consistent. I really do, in my opinion. I mean, Freddie, what do you think about him as a run stopper? As an all-around player. I think he's a very good player. I mean, it's it's yeah. Is he disruptive to the point where you you see? I don't look at every little you know follow him every play like after the game look of film study, but I do know he's he's getting double triple teamed, and that's where the other guys you know Clowney did have a sack yesterday. Those are what you notice. You know that's what that that's drive stopping plays. Um, and Malik and Malik, I mean, you know, if he's getting double teamed and he's being chipped just about every play, I mean, those guys in the interior, they got to do their job. They did it for two weeks, but obviously not yesterday. Well, and how often are they running the ball his direction, too? That's the other piece of it. 
You know, I, I, somebody just texted in and just reminded me of something, and not that I want to put the Maloik on the guy or anything like that, but uh, how does Brady do it? I mean, he's been hurt a few times in his career, but not, not, the guy's like 60 and he's still playing. Yeah, I mean, how, does he, how, how does he stay healthy? Uh, gets the ball out quick, and he doesn't run. Uh, he throws the ball away before he gets drilled. I mean, the guy's a picture of uh, efficiency when, you know, as far as putting himself in harm's way. You know, I mean, the only big injury he had was 07 when he got his knee rolled into against Kansas City, and he blew out his ACL. But well, or, and you don't tell the training staff. You know, last year there was some controversy. He had a, his uh, knee injury. a MCL, and yeah. he played. The, he wasn't on the injury report, and you're supposed to be on the injury report. And he wasn't, and he played the whole season and, and, you and know won what? the I Super Bowl. Tip, I tipped my hat to him. I mean, he kept that under the vest. He didn't want anybody knowing. I mean, that's, you know, is that stupid, Triff? I, I say that's a gamer. And look, at the end of the day, he ended up hoisting the trophy. You know, good for him. What is, I don't understand. What is stupid? About him not saying anything about that knee. Oh. That he was what? injured. I mean, I, you know. How Why many would guys, that be stupid? Well, I mean, you look at. Uh, I think it's stupid if it's a head injury. Well, it's funny you say that because in 75... Because the head injury um, could affect you. You could say, well, a knee injury, you could have a bad knee the rest of your life. Yes, but the head injury is is much more severe. I think that's... I think that's the one area only the doctors should monitor in the NFL. Well, and they do. I mean, as Freddie said, they will take you... No, that's the only... What I'm saying, that's... In other words... A doctor shouldn't decide if you're going back in the game or not. I mean, Bernie Kosar went back in the game with a broken ankle. Yes, he did, Monday night against the Dolphins. All right, yeah, so that can affect you the way you walk the rest of your life if you were to screw it up or something like that. But it's not going to paralyze you or anything like that. But a head injury really could determine quality of life the rest of your life. That's where, you know what I'm saying, Fred? That's where the doctor should jump in. Only. Well, I agree, and I'm saying you should protect the players even for the ankle and all that, but I'm just saying it's much more scrutinized today. There's many more trainers and doctors on the sideline, and and that's a good thing as compared yeah, but to what, the way What I'm saying is a doctor shouldn't determine if you say you hurt your elbow or your ankle. A doctor shouldn't determine. That should be up to you whether you want to go back in the game or not. Head injury, different story. Well, I agree with that. I mean, that's your most important part, you know, as far yeah. as physically. Yeah, that's so, I mean, computer. we have now doctors determining what they're going to take your helmet because you sprained your ankle and you want to go back in? Well, I, I can't verify that, but I do know when they're held out of a game, you know. Ronnie Harrison. They get, they get you know, those are concussion protocols, you know, but as far as when they go do x-rays and stuff like that during the game, you know, they don't they clear them before they let them go back in. You know, it's funny how drastically things have changed. I know this was a long time ago, but Bradshaw took a shot in that Super Bowl uh, at the Orange Bowl, and he doesn't remember two minutes left to go in the first half and all the way through the second half or the post-game interview. You know, and he stayed out there. He played the entire game. You know, and people could say, well, that's when men were men. You know, today it would be called No, that's, that's stupid. Yeah. That, well, as I said, today it would be called stupid. Because that could affect you for the rest of your life. Absolutely. Totally get it. Winning a football game or losing a football game is not going to affect you for the rest of your life. So, I mean, that, that, that's... 
I'm saying that the doctors should get involved with head injuries. Everything else, it should be up to the player. Totally agree. Totally agree. I mean, not with the youth level, Trev. If you get a concussion, you're out basically a minimum of four weeks. And and you should be, probably. Yes. With the knowledge we have now with CTE and everything, of course you should be. And that's, that of course, that's another story. Kids shouldn't even be playing football, but they, what are you going to do? Here's Olivia with traffic. From the Elk and Elk Traffic Center, if an auto accident caused you injury, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. Watch for an accident, Route 84 eastbound between Milford Drive and Webb Road in Perry. Also, repairs to a broken water main closing Fairmount Boulevard between Gates Mills and Somme Center, and an accident Jennings South at Brook Park. This report is sponsored by Empire Window Company. Let Empire Window Company transform the look of your home. Buy two windows, get two free. Looking for siding? How about 35% off plus free gutters? Call 440-236-0333. Empire Window Company. You deserve a fair price. Olivia Musica, WTAM traffic at 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. Your three news weather today, partly cloudy skies with highs in the low 60s. For tonight, mostly clear. The overnight low will be in the upper 40s. And for your Tuesday, sun, highs in the low 70s. Hey, I'm Mike Gerasano for Yaya's Salad Dressing. And I got some great news from the folks at Yaya's Salad Dressing. Starting this week, they got a brand new flavor. And you're going to absolutely love it. Uh, sweet and sour poppy seed, poppy seed dressing at Yaya's. And oh man, is it good. It's a little sweet, a little tangy, and it's really delicious. And not only is it good on salads, but it's a fantastic dip for vegetables and chips. You got to try their poppy seed dressing at Yaya's. It's unbelievable. It really, truly is. You can get it at Giant Eagle, Acme, Marks. Or you can order online at yayasdressing.com. Yayasdressing.com. Salad dressing. Now six different flavors, just like Grandma used to make. Give it a try. You will absolutely, truly love it. Our phone numbers are uh, 216-578-1100, 216-578-1111. Josh Gribbs will join us next hour. Uh, Billy Coleman uh, will be leaving pretty soon. And uh, Billy, uh, you like anybody... Uh, uh, tonight, um, actually, I, I like the under tonight. Uh, it's kind of contrarian to some folks, but uh, that's okay. That might be a good thing. Buffalo's coming off that uh, big win in Kansas City last week, big payback from the playoff game last year. And uh, Tennessee, I think they're going to try to run and pound it with Henry as much as possible. They've had a few of their top receivers banged up. Uh, Julio Jones has been battling a hamstring. Um, also, A.J. Brown just returned to action. I think they're going to try to do ball control. Buffalo's got the number one defense in the NFL right now. So I'm looking under 53.5 in uh, Buffalo and Tennessee tonight. How do people get a hold of you, Billy? Uh, they can give me a call at 440-829-9876. They can call or text me at 440-829-9876. You know, it's, a, it's funny. Buffalo, uh, the only team they couldn't beat is Pittsburgh. Yes. Just our luck. Just our luck. You remember that opening game against the Steelers, how Buffalo looked? Oh, horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. yeah, they've since then they've rattled off uh five straight wins and going for six in a row tonight and uh they've been thrashings all the team. They they've been beating them by eighteen to twenty points in all their contests. So they looked pretty good in Kansas City, didn't they? Yeah. So they 
Tennessee's got the work cut out for them tonight in that, but I think with the home crowd, a little bit of a letdown factor, Buffalo coming off that big win, going on the road second week in a row, uh, I'm going to look for it to sneak under the total. That's What's the line say. tonight? 53.5. Go ahead, Fred. I was just going to say, that's why you don't get too overblown on these past couple games, you know, like as soon as you're ready to say, you're ready to say the, the Bills aren't very good when the Steelers just manhandle them, and then you see the Chargers, what they do to the Browns, and then how the Ravens turned it on them yesterday. I mean, it's just like every week, as soon as you are ready to anoint a team, then they look terrible the next week. So that's how it is in the NFL, and I've said it, and I'll maintain it. It's all about how you're playing in Late in the year, you know, you want to be playing your best in the second half, down the stretch in December. You want to be healthy, as healthy as you can be. And so, yeah, the Browns were in this situation last year at this time. Just got thumped by the Steelers, like 38-6. to And then they went on, you know, and won four straight. So, Anything can happen. You know, a lot of fans may think that uh, this game Thursday night's a must win. And I just, I recall um, Marv Levy when he was with uh, the Buffalo Bills and he had a young Buffalo team that was just on the, the edge of, you know, making it to that next level. And they had to play, I think, Cincinnati late in the year. And a young reporter asked Marv Levy, hey, coach, is this a must win for your team? He said, young man, let me tell you, the only must win I knew of was WW2, and that was on the road. You know. Sounds like you. <laughs> no, that was Marv Levy. You know, so I, I wouldn't if they lose this week, if they lose Thursday night, and I know everybody thinks they're gonna win or they should beat this team because they're banged up too, but the they still got all their division games left. Uh the sky isn't gonna collapse if they lose on Thursday night. No, but one thing can lead to another and you know, like we were talking earlier today with the Hell Mary at the end of the first half by the Cleveland Browns yesterday, and they got completely dominated. And then, boom, on a Hail Mary pass, which happens about 1% of the time, uh, they cut the score to nine. If they come out in the second half, of course, they they didn't get the ball in the second half to start. Uh, Arizona did. But if, if they they stopped Arizona, if they score there, they, you know, they, it, it, Certain things lead to certain things. Oh, it's a one-possession game. A loss this week I don't think is going to lead to good things, believe me. Exactly. You know, you've got to stop the bleeding, so to say, immediately, and you can't go into Pittsburgh 3-4. and Uh, Yeah, I would look at this game Thursday as almost what you're going to have probably three or four situations throughout the course of a season in the NFL, but I would look at this one as a must-win. I agree. I, I think it's that important. And Yeah, I think that's how important this game is Thursday. So it's on the coaches Not that to they, they could make the playoffs if they lose, like Carmen said. No, they could definitely make the playoffs. There's no doubt about it. But I would look at this one as a must win, trust me, on this one. Well, it's going to be you know interesting to see. I mean, Chubb obviously hasn't been ruled out yet. Um, but, again, I mean, that offensive line, yeah, with with Hanson Hudson, I I just don't have a good feeling, you know. And I, I mean, Freddie, you said it earlier. I mean, any given Sunday. yeah, but Hunt was averaging five yards a carry until he got hurt yesterday. Understood, but I mean, Baker was sacked five times. Yeah, but a couple of those 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 sacks by Baker and those fumbles was Baker's fault too. Not true. Well, I mean, you dug you dug a we hole. We just talked about. We excuse me. We just talked about Brady. 
how he gets rid of the ball to avoid those type of situations. Yeah, you got to have an internal clock. You got to know when to let her yeah. run. Yeah. Both times so, I mean, he pump faked instead of throwing it. Mm-hmm. When he when he tried to to wait is when he got hit from behind and you know and that's that's what I'm saying with with this is that you have to you cannot dig a hole. I mean, you get behind. That's why I said that field goal would have made a difference. Instead of seven three, it's fourteen nothing, and then it starts unraveling, and you're out of your element. You're trying to throw when you're a running team, and you don't come back from twenty to nothing. You know, with a banged up running back and an offensive line. Yeah, we got to take a break here. We'll be back after the news. Friends and competitors meet at the end of this one. Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray, and Kyler. Get the edge once more. 37 14. Five is the loneliest number that you ever do. Two can be as bad as five. It's the loneliest number since the number five. Trivisano Show on News Radio WTAM 1100. Yeah, Seth likes to rub it in. Uh, Seth at the beginning of the year predicted the Browns would have five victories this year. So uh, now he's rubbing it a little. He's rubbing it in a little bit. Uh, he's he's still, you, you're not going to be anywhere near close, okay? Well, uh, well I will bet. Smoothie. <laughs> All right. You, you, let's, let's bet a McDonald's franchise. <laughs> I'm not going that far now, but I'm saying I'm still on track. I'm still on track. Josh Cribbs has joined us. Uh, Seth's prediction is five wins, Josh, for the year. Yeah, it. it he's <laughs> off. You're not on track for that. Look at these injuries, Josh. Look Statistically, at you're not even even with the injuries. You're not on track with that. They won zero games before. They're 500 still. So. I'm not even, yeah, we're not even on the same talking point when it comes to that. So I have to not even take that that mantra serious. It's funny, though. It got, got me a chuckle, and it, it lifted my spirits. Because there was a time when five would be good enough or was all that we could do. So there was a time. So you actually lifted my spirits because they took me back. To a time where that's all we could get. That was the best of it. And now, you know, to see our complaints now, it put things into perspective a little bit more. So thank you for that. Josh, instead of talking about the game here to start with, uh, I want to ask you a question because you you played in the NFL. There's Josh. Listen, I got a 10th grade education. I'm a dumb dago from the east side of Cleveland, okay? But I can figure it out. There's something going on that needs to be investigated medically. In, in there's the injuries are ridiculous today, and I would say 50, 60, 70 percent of the injuries are non-contact injuries. 
Josh, either the training, the food, the weightlifting, these guys want to be ripped and built. Uh, I mean, and it's they're not holding up. There's something that needs to be looked into medically in this sport, Josh, because they've changed the rules. They don't hit like they once did. You know that. Right. I mean, what's his name? Harrison knocked three Cleveland Browns on, including yourself, in one game. <laughs> if he was to do that today, he'd go to the penitentiary. That's how much they've changed the rules, okay? So it's not that the sport is is gotten rougher and tougher. It really hasn't. It's gone the other way, and we're seeing more injuries. Josh, somebody has to look into this. And it's you're absolutely right. A study, there's a study that needs to be had. Now, in my opinion, it's you know it's uh, overtraining. You know, um, athletes start. It's it's basically year round um, for NFL athletes. They have about a month or so that you know in the off season they're traveling and and doing things. But even when be four OTAs and winter training and you almost have to get back in shape just for the, the winter training. You have to get back in shape just to go to OTAs. Even during the summertime, before you know you come back for the long run, for the season, you have to players have to get in shape just to get in shape, just to get back into training camp. <laughs> That's so a good point. You're never resting your bodies. We're human. Our bodies weren't meant for this. It, it was not it's, it's not meant for this. So um, th- that's and the injuries that are happening are not bones being broken. No. They're not, you know, there are tendons and muscle tears and always hamstrings, calves and again, muscles, soft, soft tissue. So it, it's, in my opinion, overworking. And you could say it's the food and yeah, but they have the best. You know, nutrition and everything afforded to them and that, you know, basically chefs out there. Um, so in my opinion, it's just the overtraining from. Yeah, but let's look at those chefs. Let, let, yeah, let's look at those diets. Maybe it's the wrong type of diet. Maybe. I mean, maybe yeah. they're doing something is. <laughs> I mean, you just can't brush it off as injuries. Right. This has to be looked into more than the, you look into the draft and scouting. I mean, you keep. Josh, the 18th week this year starts the playoffs. There's 17 regular season games. At this rate, I don't care what team it is, there's. You're going to be playing with replacement players. No one's going to be healthy, Josh. Well, that's and that's what we've been saying for a couple of weeks on this show is it's the battle of nutrition. It's basically whoever can stay healthy the longest, whoever can build the strongest bench. You know, that's who will be victorious, who can stay healthy the longest. And I mean, if you look at our team, that's what it's been. It's been like that for a few years now. You know, our defense last year, with you know uh, linebackers going down last year early, the secondary early last year, and then to this year the same thing with the secondary, with guys in the front, uh, guys on the uh, defensive line, the ends, Davian, guys lingering stuff, and then again last week. So I mean, it's it's really a battle of nutrition. The Browns have twenty on the injury report this afternoon. Denver has ten, so thirty guys heading into Thursday night's game, Josh, and we're approaching week seven. <laughs> and 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 again, we're only as good, you know, as good as we are with all of our guys. 
we can only be the team that everybody, you know, was afraid of when we're at 100%. Any given Sunday, a team can win or lose in the NFL, any given game. And that's, and that's healthy. And we're definitely far from that. I mean, like yesterday, I mean, to me, Josh, this is how far talent has fallen in the NFL. I'm watching the Arizona Cardinals play the Browns yesterday. Arizona is undefeated. That's no special NFL team. I mean, I mean, you look at that team uh, in years past, I mean, it looks like a, an average NFL team. They're an undefeated team, Josh. Yes. Uh, the amount of mistakes, the the less um, the the takeovers, um, you can you can uh, add in there their strength of schedule, um, but it's tough to win in the NFL. It's tough to be six and zero. They're six and zero. They played like it. I don't see, and that's the thing. I don't want to take anything away from them and say it as if the Browns were just so awful. Uh, Arizona came to play. They played yeah. defensively and offensively. They came ready to play, and. And before we hop into it, you let me know, Trev. Are we ready to get into it, or we want to ease into that to the game? I, I, I <laughs> well, can ease into. No, it. I want your I, your 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 opinion on what you saw yesterday because I'm still I'm still scratching my head, Josh. I really well, am. We are an average football team. I think Coach Stefanski said it best at the podium. I, I find it real interesting when I you know watch the uh, post. Uh, press conference. Josh, Josh, can I interrupt for one second? Yep. Even Stefanski doesn't look like Stefanski from last year, though. Right. I mean, he he he's talking about average. Last year, he looked like a coach, and we said it on this show numerous times. I think Fred said it, you said it, I said it, Carmen said it. We all agreed. Hey, we got ourselves a coach. Now he just looks like I don't know if we got ourselves a coach. That's how much he's changed in a year. Well, I, I wouldn't say a year because they 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 could definitely they would have lost yesterday. Okay, they, I could just say they lost it yesterday, but they really supposed to be five and one. Okay, but they're not. They're a five hundred team. They're an average team, and we just got to call them that, just like Co- Coach Stefanski said. And they're average coaches because the coaches are only celebrated as the team go. As the team goes, the coaches go. And he said that much. He said the, the players have to play better because they're average. And that's what the stats show. And if you, halfway through the game, you saw where the Browns placed in offense and defense. They were It was first place in all these categories offensively. First place. But it's week by week. And the NFL, see, it's what have you done for me lately. That's why this week coming up is so important. Because a win cures the losses. And not just that, we have to understand that this team that we had, the Cleveland Browns, are an average football team. We are the fan base, and we have high hopes because their talent says so. If they didn't have the talent, Trev, you'd be one of the first ones saying, I don't know how they're doing it. You would say it. But we're all disappointed, and we're looking like, like you said, we're scratching our heads like, Man, they have this ultimate team, and they're not able to. Well, just as I would give celebration and celebratory congratulations to the coach when they're doing well, sometimes we have to, you know, pin it on them when they're not doing well. When they're doing, like yeah. you said, because it it coaching is a you can get out coached. 
not saying that they didn't come with a well thought out game plan or but you can get out coach. It happens to the NFL. It's the best of the best in the players and the best of the best of the coaches as well. And they yeah. said that much. You know, here's a perfect example, Carmen, what we were talking about earlier before Josh got here, okay? Mm -hmm. uh, we watched Josh Cribbs return a bazillion kicks for touchdowns or, or, or large gains and kickoffs, right? Yes. So was it Josh Cribbs or was it bad special teams on the team he was playing when he returned a kick for a touchdown? It was Just what we were saying earlier, Josh, sometimes... <laughs> It's 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 you, and sometimes it's the special team that you're playing against made a mistake. The mistakes go both ways on offense and defense. Absolutely, and with that being said, let's hop into Baker Mayfield. Um, I I believe that you know even when we when you know this 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 segment of the show opened, it was a, a excerpt from. The, the correlation, the comparison of Kyler Murray and Baker Mayfield because they came from the same uh, college, both Heisman, uh, one year apart. Uh, Kyler was his backup. So when we think about that and you see Baker come into this game, Baker's human. He's a human being with human being emotions. It weighs on him, the success that Kyler's having. We don't ask Baker Mayfield to do what Kyler Mayfield, I mean, what, I said Kyler Mayfield, what Kyler Murray is doing for Arizona Cardinals. We don't ask him to do that because we don't have that team that they have. We have a better team on paper than they have. Running game-wise, first in the NFL, receivers, you know who they are, tight ends. I mean, look at our football team. So we don't ask and don't need Baker Mayfield to be a Kyler Murray. And when I say that, I mean his athletic ability is is a no-go in this system that Stefanski has. We don't need him to try to extend the play. You know what? Go ahead, throw it out of bounds. Oh, you know what? Oh, you went through all your reads. They're covered. Go ahead, try to run for it and then slide. And it's tough for a guy like Baker who really wants to win, has a chip on his shoulder to get compared to a Kyler Murray going into this big game undefeated, they were, and to try not to be better or outshine him because honestly, guys, at at the at in, as an individual, and I did this. It's, there's a lot of individual competitions going out there. So when the kick, when a punter gets ready for a game, he's trying to do better than the punter on the opposing team. He wants to beat his stats and has a better punts and pin, us and pin the other team inside the 20 more than that punter. That's how he know he did his job. Baker Mayfield, he wants to have better passing percentage. He wants to have more touchdowns, more completions, and, and, and more third-down conversions than Kyler Murray. That's how yeah. quarterbacks rate themselves, and I did the same thing. I just wanted to have – I looked not to the team we was playing, though, um, Triv. I would look to see Devin Hester's stats and make sure I did better him for this game or Dante Hall or whoever's the next returner under me or above me. And I had a competition against them every game. So I wasn't playing the team. I was. It was an individual thing. I was trying to do my best and in turn help the team. And we're not asking Baker to do that. And it's tough for a guy like him who's in these yeah. commercials, and I'm corny, I like the commercials. I'm I'm a corny guy like that. I like them. It's funny to me. I get a kick out of it. But we're asking this guy who gets a lot of attention not to be that competitor. Stay within the scope of the offense. Don't draw outside the lines. Don't color outside the lines. Just hand the ball off. Make the good throw and 
and take what the defense give you, then throw it out of bounds if it's not there, and we'll just play the next play. Well, it's hard to tell Baker to Mayfield who will run out there, tear his, his labrum, and get tackled, hurt, come back in the game when we think he's out of the game. It's hard to tell this guy to stay within the scope of the offense. And I think that's what, where we're having that trouble at the quarterback position because he's a would you like? Would you like to see Case Keenum get a start? No, I wouldn't. No. The, uh, okay. Baker's in a contract year. I He led us to the playoffs. Let's, stick, let's stay with that. I think this is the story. Bear with me for a minute. This is the story right here, and Seth is going to hate it. After a loss coming out of week five against uh, uh, the, the L.A. Chargers, Baker Mayfield found himself going against Kyler Murray. Oh, my gosh, what a downfall. Kyler Murray has embarrassed the Cleveland Browns and Baker Mayfield. Where will Baker Mayfield go from here? Will they bounce back or will they not? And then the story drastically turns with Baker Mayfield leads his team to a 13-4 and season or better or slightly less than that. And we get to the playoffs and then from there, a great story is written. And he has an opportunity from this point because it's early. They're 3-3. Three and three. He has an opportunity still because if you look at our schedule, yes, Kareem Hunt is down. Chubb will be back soon. But we still have a plethora of talent. And this is where guys will make their money. Our coach of the year, he has to make his money now. And this is where Baker Mayfield, he has an opportunity now to put the team on his shoulders like he wanted. He didn't need to do it before, Trev, but now yeah. he has the opportunity. So how will they respond from yesterday? Will they go out there and falter or will they go out there and win? Time will tell, and it will tell. It will start this Thursday. I'll let you know in three days. <laughs> All right, we got to go to news. We'll be back with Josh Cribbs, Fred Greetham, after Julie does the news. Thank you, Triv. A new study places our state's capital in the top 10 for the highest increase in homicide rates in 2021. A report by WalletHub shows that the homicide rates have increased by 34% this year in the same periods in 2019 and 2020. Columbus ranks number 10 behind Louisville, Detroit, Washington, D.C., Indianapolis, Baltimore, New Orleans, Chicago, Memphis, and Atlanta. Football players at Elyria High on Friday night dedicated their game against Amherst to assistant coach Davon Bogard, who died last week. In an apartment fire, players wore his initials on their helmets along with the number 30, which was his number when he played on Ohio State's 2014 National Championship team. And the National Weather Service says at least six tornadoes touched down over the weekend in parts of central and southwestern Ohio, mostly touching down in the overnight hours on Saturday, causing one minor injury. Locations of the tornadoes were Hillsboro, South Salem, Kingston, and Frankfurt. And an elderly man is recovering today after having been stabbed at a Cleveland gas station over the weekend. The 73-year-old victim was wounded in the hand and had his vehicle stolen during an early morning stop at the Fuel Point Station on East 79th Street. Police have not provided any words of arrest in this case. Your traffic and weather is together mornings and afternoons. Here's Olivia. From the Okanagan Traffic Center, if an auto accident caused you injury, call 1-800-ELK-OHIO. An accident cleared and Route 84 reopened between Milford Drive and Webb Road. Cleanup of an earlier broken water main closing Fairmount Boulevard between Gates Mills and Somme Center. Some construction in Amherst until about 7 o'clock closing Dewey Road between Middle Ridge and Park Avenue. This report is sponsored by Circle K. 
Sip and save at Circle K with their new drink subscription. Enjoy one coffee or fountain drink every day for only $5.99 a month. Sign up in store. Circle K. Take it easy. Live you music at WTAM traffic at 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. And your three news weather. We saw partly cloudy skies tonight. The overnight low will be in the upper 40s. And for your Tuesday, sun highs in the low 70s. I'm Julie Holiday. You can get today's news anytime on Facebook or Twitter at WTAM 1100. All right, uh, joining us is Josh Cribbs, along with Fred Greetham from the Orange and Brown Report. Carmen's with us, Seth is with us, and we're talking about uh, yesterday's loss, 37-14, to the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Josh, i got to ask you a question now. This is, uh, please, bear with me with this question, okay? Okay. Because I'm really concerned about injuries, and years ago, um, not that long ago, about five, six years ago, and I've mentioned this many times on the air, um, uh, I was a good friend with a, a doctor, okay, here in uh, Northeast Ohio. Since then, he's been transferred to another city. And we at the, we were playing cards one night, and I brought up injuries, and he said he had a theory uh, that it was, he called it the Similac gener- Generation. And that's why the bones, the tendons, and the muscles are not developed um, as much as they should be because a lot of men and and women, but were not breastfed, uh, and they were on uh, Similac, uh, a formula, and that doesn't lead to great development of tendons and muscles, according to him. And he wanted the hospital to look into this. He brought it up many times. He wanted to do research in this area, uh, but they never really listened to him and did research in the area. Now, this is not a question a man should ask a man, and the only reason I'm asking you is because we're going to have doctors on uh, this week and next week and talk about injuries in the NFL and see if there's any truth to this. Do you know if you were breastfed or not? Do you know? I don't, but it would be an awkward question for me to ask my mom. Yeah, that's, that's, right. that's, that's one of the questions a son doesn't like to ask a mother. I get it. I don't even I get know it. how to But do you put any do you put any weight though. in? Yes. No, I absolutely heard that. This It was uh, a lot of talks on this, uh, Trev. It's, it's um, interesting you brought it up in the way you you did because there's a lot of studies currently being done to try to to see the correlation um but there's so many variables because the nfl is a hundred percent injury 100 percent. so it's like it's as if the the data will always be skewed because you could you'll have a, a a group of kids that you will see they found out their moms did everything they so they breastfed you know however the research would would right, lead right. you and they will still have huge injuries because the NFL is one hundred percent. Not not to interrupt, but the doctors we were talking. He was talking about non-contact injuries. Mm, okay. He said that's the reason because the muscles and the tendons. That's right. why they rip them and pull them so much is because they weren't breastfed and they're not developed the way they could develop their biceps and everything with weights and stuff like that, but. The Similac generation, he's in his opinion, he said, is really causing some of these injuries. It, it may be, you know, and you could attribute those factors to the NFL now and the NFL then. 
you know, and it may be the foods. There's a different type of foods that, you know, a generation of few is eating, are eating right now, as opposed to our NFL in the yesteryears when there was just broken bones and, and occasionally you'll have an ACL here and there. Sure. But it wasn't a lot of muscle tears and tendons, you know, as opposed to fractures and bones. So yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm curious to know the information that they, you know, that they compile, that they come up with and the data that they'll get from that. But it's, man, that that's going to take some time to correlate that and, and to make some good, you know, uh, informational knowledge that they that can be used. And then once you know... Well, I true. mean, do you go Josh. to the parents and be like, "Hey, man, if you want your child to be yeah. a, a star at in some point, you might want to, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like right." Further, no, I mean, yeah. Further evidence, Triv, could be, you know, you look at the generation, and we go back maybe ten, twelve, fifteen. I'm having some fun with this later. Go ahead, though. But uh, uh, and it transcends all sports. When did you start hearing about, say, the quote-unquote abdominal injury? Mm. I mean, guys in the major leagues, Triv, they're checking their swing. They're suffering an abdominal injury. We didn't hear that 20, 25 years ago. Mm, Okay? And the ruptured Achilles, we didn't really hear about that 20 years ago. If you think about it, you know, the the first time I ever saw a ruptured Achilles, and Freddie, you were there, when Marino got the snap and he backpedaled and he snapped his, that was the first time I had ever seen an, or heard of an Achilles injury like that. But really, an ab injury, you know, you hear about hamstrings a lot, but an abdominal injury and these calf injuries that are becoming more prevalent. Heck, Kevin Love has played six games the last ten years because of a calf. You know, I'm being sarcastic, but I mean, that's further evidence, no, Triff? You know what? I I don't know what the evidence is. Yes, but I mean, just to say injuries are injuries, I don't I don't think you can look at it that way anymore uh, in the NFL because the NFL has reduced hitting drastically. They've even taken away kickoffs and stuff like that to prevent injuries. They've done everything they can to prevent injuries, and there's more injuries than ever. So I mean, it needs to be looked into, and like I keep saying which people don't, a contact injury, I can understand. A non-contact injury, for the amount that there are now, there has to be something going on. Fred, uh, Josh, your opinion on that? Well, I'm not a doctor, and, yeah, I I definitely see. I've given some of my opinions, you know, on that, um, but I don't don't really. (laughs) There's got to be some reason, and I agree that they research everything else and do studies on everything else. It sure seems like it would make sense. It's all logical. Their creator, I think, made everything, you know, perfect. He didn't make artificial milk. He made real milk, and so... There See, I'm going to be upset if I ask my mom, and I'm like, you're the reason I got that hamstring against the Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> How could you? I needed the natural stuff. Well, you know, the the research, like somebody texted in, like Clay Matthews, uh, I mean, you know, guys like that. You could take other guys, Worthless Burger, this and that. Look how many years Brady, look how many years guys play, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and very few injuries. It would be great to survey them. I mean, it's a tough question for a guy to ask a guy, but to find out what percentage of those guys that play pretty much injury-free, mm-hmm. not completely, but you know what I mean, yeah. were breastfed. And which, how many that, you know, the guys that are getting injured all the time were not breastfed. 
and to make a comparison there, and I'm not trying to be smart or a wise guy here. I'm 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 saying there has to be a reason for all these non-contact injuries. It's it's it's, it's tough because my wait wait a minute. My wife just walked in, Josh, and she said to me. I, she's shaking her head with a weird look on her face, and she says to me, I cannot believe you asked Josh Cribbs if he was breastfed. <laughs> I, and it was funny, because I heard you getting around, beating around the bush and, and trying to ask it in a death. It was probably way. my most difficult question I've ever asked you. This has to go down in the books. Yes. Randomly, you have to say one day, one day I asked... Josh Cribbs, <laughs> if he was breastfed by his mother. <laughs> because, like, Josh, you, you had very few injuries, and you took some ass whoopings. Yes. You took some hits I did. that aren't even allowed in the NFL anymore. Absolutely. And, you know, you, you brought this up er, er, earlier. You said, you know, guys will be stupid, you know, to, to play with a head injury. But you were bred, not, you were bred to, to, to go through it. And you you heard the term you can't make the team in a cold tub, and Don't you know make the club it, in the tub. Yeah, yeah. That's what we're Britain rub some dirt on it, and that that's the era that the era that we grew up in. So now we're when you have the data and the information when you know better you're supposed to do better, but it d- doesn't always translate to that old school athlete, you know. Because I still struggle with it. I struggle with it to this day with my children. With my son, you're not hurt. Get up, <laughs> and it's like, you know, and and, and I want to be more like my wife says. I need to be kind-hearted and compassionate, compassionate, and all these good qualities. But I just in sports, I'm a different person. So you know, even when I coached my son's team, I needed to have my wife there to check me, you know, and dealing with the children. Because I see sports as a way of life. It's not a, just a game to me. Because, oh, it's a game. No, it's not. It's a way of life. You know, get over it. It's a way of life. It's a billion-dollar industry. It's a make or break you. And, you know, it could build you, too. It could expose your character. It could build character. It's just, to me, it's a way of life, and I take it seriously. So I need that fail-safe. I, I, I need my wife. Just like your wife walked in, Trev, and I can't believe you just asked him that. You know, that probably the last time you asked another grown man if, if he was breastfed. But that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, and, and you said that, you know, that, you know, you got to be stupid to have a head injury. You know, that the, the doctors have to protect the players from that. And you're right. They do. But what if the player is like me and they suffer from having football be their everything they suffer well, from something that's, that's yes, why you need stupidity. that's why you need the doctor on the sideline you can trick the what, doctor yes trick what, the doctor all the time i i know you've told those stories yeah. on the air but what what i'm saying is i hope people didn't misunderstand me okay i'm as competitive as competitive as you get okay right. i agree with josh but i didn't know any better now i know about cte I've met people that have CTE. I know what they're going through. We've heard all the stories. I've seen it firsthand, okay? You know more now. Mm. Uh, That's why I say if you hurt your ankle, there's no doctor that should tell you whether you should go in the game or not, okay? Whether you can go in the game or not. That should be up to the player. But a head injury for competitive players like you, 
to protect you for later in life should say, no, Josh, you got a concussion. You're not going back in. You mm. could do permanent damage. See, we know that now where before we didn't know as much as we knew, you know? Yes. And I, I get what you were saying because um, in the in the interim, you know, I was, you know, even trying to protect these players. Again, this is their livelihood. Protecting them would be their, to their detriment. That's why guys like myself would, you know, trick a doctor. Because th if you didn't let me play, it, it's not fair. That injury, you can't make the team in a cold tub. And if you're hurt, you're, they're going to get somebody else. Oh, he's hurt. Ah, Well, go ahead and get him a settlement. Get him out of here. Let's get in Johnson from uh, New England. He's on the practice squad over there. And, and, and they make changes just like that. The kicker who made the um, winning field goal for Seattle was in Seattle. He just got there that week. Right or something was his name. And I remember the announcer was like, yeah, they just signed him off the street this week. And that's how it is with players. And when I coached with the team, we were bringing in players every Tuesday, new players, plug and play. And they played that weekend. And it was because of injury. So, so it creates that atmosphere where players don't want to report stuff. Like you said, Brady didn't, even though he wasn't at fault, he wasn't at risk of losing his job. Other players are, so they want they're not going to be quick to report injuries that could hurt them financially. Oh man, I may have CTE or I may have brain injury when I'm 60 or when I'm 50. Oh, I'm 20 now. I gotta I gotta have this job because that's what was on my mind. So yes, I was stupid. I need to write a book, stupid for football. <laughs> it's probably <laughs> till death. It's Till death do us part. That's the title. In my radio career, it's probably the weirdest question I've ever asked somebody. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you, yes. I got but that. We, honor. We, no, the reason, the only reason I wanted to know is because we're going to have doctors on, um, and I really want to get that into this as the, as the week go on and see what their opinion is. You know what I mean? Yes. Because Josh, something's going on. Something is going on. It makes sense. And when you talk to the doctors. You got to throw them off guard. You got to say, yes, I had a, I have an NFL football player, a former. And I asked him straight up, did his mom and, and see how is they have a straight face or not? And, ask, you know, when when they respond to you, like, and, then, you and then ask the, I dare you, Triv. I asked the doctor, hey, doc, did your mom? OK, you might that might lead things down the wrong path where you don't. do. Well, no, the reason I asked you is because. I'm I'm sure you had injuries, but I don't remember Josh Cribbs missing a, a ton of games right. all the time. Okay, right. yes, yeah, and and I yeah. seen you take some terrific hits and uh, and you know as far as speed and everything like that, you know, like uh, Hunt broke through the line yesterday and just ripped up his calf muscle. Absolutely. You know, I don't remember that kind of stuff happening to you that often. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, your biggest thing was the toes, right? Yes. I mean, other than the, outside of the concussions. Yes. The toes. I mean, that was an issue, and that that wasn't based on whether you were breastfed or not. <laughs> Hopefully not. But you know, I don't know contusion. how you, looking yeah, back at your forced. toe injuries. Yes. I stubbed my toe about a week ago, <laughs> and it's black and blue. My, so, uh, so, so Trev, I'm going to ask you this. My, no, my middle toe? How did you? I can't even put a shoe on. How in the hell did you play? <laughs> a steel boot and medication, literally steel boot and medication. And even then, Triv, they brought in somebody just to return, and he turned out not to be so good. And before I was ready to go out there to play, 
um, the general manager came to me and said, man, can you just stand out there and catch the ball, fair catch everything? And if it goes past you, like, they, that, that literally was the plan. Yeah. I, w- I needed another week to, to actually be me. Because when I was hurt, whenever I was injured, I would always say, I can't be Chris if I can't go at least 80%. But I can't give 80% to my team because then at game time, it turns into 100 and they they didn't need me to be cribs. They just needed me to stand out there and fair catch it so they wouldn't have to waste money on a, another person. Yeah. Yeah. Now nah, we we got to get going here. Uh, let me get to Olivia with traffic. From the Elk Traffic Center, if an auto accident caused you injury, call one eight hundred Elk Ohio. Cleanup of an earlier broken water main closing Fairmount Boulevard between Gates Mills and Som Center. Traffic slow 480 west between Lee and Broadway. A handful of accidents to deal with. 71 south at the Jennings. Granger west of Transportation. Also Rocky River Drive south of 237. This report is sponsored by DEA Take Back Day, October 23rd. DEATakeBack.com. Help DEA keep our community safe and healthy by participating in National Prescription Drug Take Back Day, October 23rd. Find a collection site near you at DEATakeBack.com. Do your part to lower overdose deaths and prevent drug misuse before it starts. Livy Musica, WTAM traffic at 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. Your three news weather today, partly cloudy skies with highs in the low 60s for tonight, mostly clear. The overnight low will be in the upper 40s. And for your Tuesday sun, highs in the low 70s. I could just, I can't wait. Cribs will be on TV tomorrow with his wife and Cribs will say to his wife on television, <laughs> yeah, I was doing an interview yesterday with Triv, some screwball talk show host, and he asked me if I was breastfed. <laughs> no, I actually see that as an honor now because... Your show has been on for years, and I think you, I I, I think I've had, I have an honor, like a title, like you've never asked a. <laughs> so so thank you for that. I need a trophy for that. Once again, we need a trophy. Ground, ground on the Mike Trevisano show. Well, uh, it's Fred Greetham's fault uh, from the Orange and Brown Report. Yeah, right. Fred, thank you for being with us today. Fred, thank you. It was good to listen here. Yes. <laughs> I noticed you avoided this subject as much as you possible, I had possible, a question Fred. about football for him. So, yes. but, hey, it's not my show. Some things take a back seat. <laughs> We're out of time. Fred Greetham from the Orange and Brown Report. Uh, Josh Cribbs um, will be asking his mother a personal question tonight. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'll see you guys. Bye. It's for men. We now join a news conference earlier today from Cleveland Browns safety John Johnson in Berea. First question will be from Matt Fontana. Yeah, John, I, I know you've spoken on it, but another game with some miscommunications, I know it's kind of on the other side. It, is it still just trying to get together on the same page, and what can you guys do on a short week to kind of shore that up? Yep, definitely watch the tape. Um, just like you said, clean it up. Um, it's kind of like the same thing. It's like a lot of times it's split safety coverages. Um, so it's just like, I don't think it's communication. I think it's just like trusting your technique and trusting what you see. But it's easy fixes, but we can't keep doing that, you know, moving on the season. That was a good offense. Um, we got tested. So it's an easy fix. We just got to move on from it. And then your role in the defense, I know it's, it's kind of been brought up about maybe being deep or, or up in the box. Or, I mean, do you feel like you could be doing more for this defense and in, in maybe a closer position to the line? Um, I just, you know, the role I was given, you know, I'm just trying to uh, be the best I can be at it. I don't think, you know, schematically uh, I should, you know, have any changes or 
offer up any, you know, advice or anything. I'm just, you know, trusting in what I can do and doing my best to do what I uh, provide for this team. Thanks, Matt. Let's go to Mary Kay Cabot. Hi, yes. John, just wondering, we found out that uh, JOK has a high ankle sprain, which could be like a four to maybe four to six week type of thing. So my question to you is, what kind of a blow is it to your defense to be without JOK for that length of time? And how did you see him coming along? Yeah, he was coming along uh, really fine. You know, we had some blitzes in uh, just for him. You know, we had some uh, packages in, you know, where he's like the only linebacker on the field. So he's definitely a big part of the defense. But, you know, other guys just got to step up. Got to give, um, you know, Anthony Walker opportunity, Mac Wilson opportunity. Um, you know, got a lot of guys in that linebacker room that can really play. Um, but I think it does, you know, take some speed off us. You know, he just one of those guys that just runs all day and just hits everything that moves. So definitely going to be a big loss. But I, we got the guys in the room to uh, cover for him. Thank you. Thank you, Mary Kay. Next up is Tom Weathers. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, John. Hey, how tough are these short weeks? And is this one even tougher because you guys got so many guys banged up? Uh, yeah, short weeks are very tough. You know, try to – on a regular week, it's tough, you know, preparing for a team. You know, you have a couple of days to get ready. Um, and I think, you know, we got pretty much – Today, tomorrow, I imagine Wednesday will be super light. So we really have like two days, and today is coming at, coming immediately after the game. So it's really tough um, on the body, but also mentally. Um, but I think, you know, we got the right guys in the building to, to get ready for a game. Luckily, it's at home, so that's a big help. And, um, you know, we just got to get ready to prepare for it. Joel was just talking about how, in many ways, Kareem exemplifies how, how the Cleveland Browns want to play football. How hard is it to see a guy like that who kind of sells out every single play, John, to, to be taken off the field like that? Right. Um, I, I just saw him, you know, during the week trying to do everything that he could to get ready for this game. You know, he probably could have sat out or probably should have sat out. You know, he was kind of banged up coming into the game. But, you know, he's a warrior. He went out there and gave gave us everything he had. So it's definitely a big hit for us. But, um, you know, we just thank him for everything that he did, and hopefully he gets better soon. And like you said, he does exemplify, you know, what the Browns is, tough, physical, relentless. So um, I just hope he gets healthy soon. Thanks, man. Yep. Thank you, Tom. Dale Ryder, you're up. Hey, John. Uh, I, I know you talk about the, the communication aspect on, on those, uh, you know, blown coverages or missed assignments on the touchdowns. It's happened three times now in the last two weeks. What are – the corrections obviously a correction wasn't made because it repeated itself so i guess just you know what is the correction that you guys have to fix so that doesn't keep happening i think it's just staying deep you know you see like crossing routes in front of you you get nosy even if the quarterback's like looking at it for a second you can't really like bite on it in, in this defense we you got to stay deep if it's two split safeties like we need two safeties back there if it's single high we need uh, three guys deep covering those routes. So I think it's just really trusting in the technique, not letting, you know, the game flow. If a guy checks the ball down a few times, oh, well, like that's not our job. That's not our work. So I think it's just really staying deeper than the deepest. And how, and how do you guys maintain the morale right now? It, it's got to be tough. You know, you, you've, you've had a lot of critical guys get hurt defensively. You've had bodies in and out for the first uh, six games here. Just how do you keep the, the morale and the faith and the belief that you guys can still be what you expected to be this year? Yeah, I think you just got to take a step back and, and look at, you know, things for what they really are. We haven't played any division opponents. Those are the games that we need to win. Um, three, We played three teams in the top 10 offensively. The fourth one is, I think, number 12 uh, in the league. 
somehow we're playing so out of control, so bad. We're the number two defense in the league yardage-wise. So I think you just got to step back and, and look at things for what they really are. We're a three and three football team with a bunch of games in front of us. And um, I just think, you know, once we shake back from these injuries and get settled in, I think, you know, we'll be just fine. Thank you. Thank you, Daryl. Nate Ulrich has our next question. Hey, John, um, just kind of piggybacking off that about the big picture. Uh, do you feel like, you know, you guys are at a bit of a crossroads Thursday night is, is I mean, you got the mini buy after that and then you start the division games you're talking about you know, against Pittsburgh. Um, how big is Thursday night's game? How, how much is at stake for you guys? It's huge. It's huge. Like you say, um, we're coming off two losses. Um, we do get that little mini buy. We get that weekend off to rest and recover. So I think this is like a, a pivotal point in the season. Um, we're, what is it, game seven? So we're, we're, we're getting up there in games. You know, we're approaching the midway through the year. So I think this is a huge game to win, get back on track, get the momentum back on our side going into those division games. So, like you said, that mini buy will help out a lot. It'll be huge for us. Um, but it's definitely a must-win game on a short week. So, you know, I know every opponent's different. Every week's different, obviously. Um, and, and you've been in these, you know, these games where your last two opponents have had really good quarterbacks and offenses have scored a bunch of points. Well, but what's your level of confidence you got? You can get back to defensively what you guys did, you know, back to back, you know, Chicago, Minnesota. And and is that, you know, I guess, is it realistic and, and what's it going to take? Oh, yeah, it's, it's very realistic. Um, like you say, every week is different. Every week uh, presents a new opportunity. It's kind of like when we play those teams that are similar to us, you know, it's, it's, we'll be fine. I'm talking about like big people, big personnel. You know, I feel like those West Coast offenses, you know, we've had trouble with. And that's just the nature of the game. Like, we're, we're a tough team. We're a physical team. And I think once we get to that brand of football, you know, we'll dominate. That was the news conference this afternoon from Cleveland Brown safety John Johnson in Berea. Now with his check on your traffic and weather, here's Olivia. We now join a news conference from Cleveland Browns offensive lineman Joel Batonio earlier today in Berea. Um, it's like a mash unit over there, I guess, today. <clears throat> how, how tough is it, Joel? I know you guys got to have the next man up mentality and what have you, but when the injuries start to mount like they are right now, how tough is it just to keep guys upbeat and, and pushing forward? Yeah, it's, you know, unfortunate. It, it's, I mean, you always deal with injuries in the NFL. Um, seems like it's piling up a little bit for us right now, but um, but like you said, like, we have a game in, I don't know, three days now. So like we have to, we have to be focused on the guys that are going to be out on the field for us. And, you know, hopefully we can get a few guys back that, that haven't been out there and, and we can get guys ready to play. Um, you know, it's an unfortunate part of the NFL is guys get hurt and, you know, it's how can you combat it and how can you step up and, and, you know, have the next guy, you know, make a play for your team and, and find a way to win some of these games. Appreciate it, Tom. Daryl Ryder, you have a nice question. Yeah, Joel, just to follow on Tom's question there, uh, specifically with Baker, who re-injured his shoulder, uh, he's adamant that he's going to play. Like, he, he he wants to be out there. So for you guys up front, just, just how much more do you want to take on yourselves to, to try and protect him as much as possible, considering how bad that shoulder is? Yeah, we, um, you know, I mean, it speaks to how much he, he loves the game and loves his team, you know, that he wants to keep getting back out there, but he can't, you know, we can't get him hit. I mean, that, that obviously if he lands on it, like it's probably not going to be great. Um, so it's one of those things, you know, we got to, we got to work extra hard. I think every lineman goes in the game, you know, trying not to get their quarterback hit. Um, but 
you know, stuff happens. We just got to find a way to, to help him out and, and, and really make it. So, you know, he's living as, uh, as good as he can in the pocket. Thank you, Daryl. Nate Ulrich, you're up. Hey, Joel, uh, coach told us that Kareem is, you know, has a significant calf injury. We'll, we'll miss more than three games. So I was just wondering, uh, you know, hits you. I obviously, I know, how uh, how much he means to the offense, and and you know how much you guys admire the way he plays. Um, so, what do, you, what do you think of Kareem's situation? Have you been able to talk to him? Yeah, I, I talked to him after the game. Um, we didn't know how serious it was then. He was just disappointed, um, you know, to to get hurt like that. But I mean, the guy just like him and Nick and and I mean some of the guys we play with like they just put everything they have on the line every time they touch the ball I mean sometimes this guy falls and I'm like I'm like he's turned over guys you know at the line of scrimmage and stuff and he just wants to the win so bad um I really do feel like he represents you know how the Cleveland Browns want to play play um football and to see him go down like that is just unfortunate and obviously like him and him and Chubb are a, a big one-two punch and him in the passing game as well his pass blocking he does a lot of things for us on offense um so it's another it's another big loss and you know hopefully he can come back and we can we can you know steady the ship without him thanks thank you Nate Dan Lobby go ahead hey Joel yeah I, I wanted to ask about I mean, is it almost shocking to, to I mean, I know guys get hurt in, in the NFL, but is it almost shocking to see him not get up with, with the way he runs and, and the way he plays? Yeah, I didn't know. I thought Odell was down for a second, honestly, like when I because it was fourth down, I think the fourth down play. Right. So, yeah, I, wasn't yeah, sure. I, think so. I, I wasn't sure who was hurt. Um, I got off the field and then like when he finally like limped off or got carried off, I was like, oh, my God, I didn't even know it was, you know, it was cream till he started walking off the field. And um yeah, I mean the guy, the guy, the guy does take a beating the way he runs the ball. But you know, you expect those guys to to get up. Um, you know, it's just it's just football, man. It, it stinks, and and it's sometimes you're just a little bit unlucky out there. And then, uh, you know, we don't know Nick's status yet. But if you know Dearness Johnson has to carry the load or Demetrius Felton, you know, how much faith do you have in those guys? A lot. Um, we've seen a lot from Dearness, like from the preseason, from the Dallas game last year. Um, he's done a lot of good things on special teams. He had a couple carries this game. Like there's a lot of, you know, a, a decent amount of experience with him um, and felt it. Obviously he's kind of been our gadget guy. We get him the ball in, in multiple ways. Um, you know, I know we have Kelly on the, on the, on the P squad who has some experience as well. So we have, we have faith in those guys. Obviously we want our, 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 our guy Chubb back, but um, we have faith in those guys as well. If their, um, you know, names are called. Thanks. Thanks Dan. Mary Kay Cabot has her next question. Uh, yeah, Joel, uh, just wondering with, um, you know, coming off of back-to-back uh, -back losses, which obviously never has happened in the regular season under Kevin Stefanski and all these different injuries, uh, and you guys being 3-3 three and three right now, things feel, you know, not the way that you want them to. So my question is, how do you guys kind of avoid the, you know, the, sort of the doom and gloom feeling that, that it sort of feels like right now and you as a team leader, how do you specifically kind of get everybody fired up through this rough time? Yeah. I think, you know, from a big picture point of view, like, do we want to be three and three? Like, no. Do we feel like we should be three and three? No, but we are three and three. And that's kind of like where we're at. Um, you know, luckily we have 11 games left and that's a, that's a long season, you know, starting with the Broncos in, in three days. And I think as a team, we understand, we're not where we want to be. We haven't played a complete game yet. Um, you know, we got our butts kicked by the Cardinals um, yesterday. 
And now we can only grow from that. Like, like there, if we hold our, if we put our heads down, if we uh, look back and say, man, we, we should have won a couple of those games we lost. Like, like all that is, is not going to help us. You know, I think, I think the guys understand, you know, I know we're getting ready for, for Denver now, but the guys understand what has happened. We're going to learn from it. We're going to put our best guys out there and, and we're going to fight. And, um, it's, it's actually not that hard. I mean, we have 11 games. We have a long season. Um, it, it's uh, everything we, we want is still in front of us. And Baker said yesterday, I like our chances. I mean, do, is it great to hear that from, you know, from your quarterback, at, you know, in a time like this where it seems like things aren't going well? Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's the leader of the team and, and we're going to we're going to follow him. Um, Baker's had that mentality his whole life and and we're ready to play. I mean, we, we got, you know, the one positive about getting your butt kicked when you have a Thursday game is you play pretty quickly. So. You know, I'm uh, I'm excited to get back out there, and, and I know it's going to be tough. We don't have everybody, but I know the guys that are going to be out there are going to be ready to play. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Mary Kay. We'll go to Scott Patrick. Hey, Joel. If you don't have your top two running backs and you don't have your starting tackles, can you can Kevin Stefanski keep the same game plan that he has for the first six weeks? Um, it depends. You know what the defense does. Like yesterday, they just ran a six-two defense. I mean. It's hard to run the ball on a six-two defense. That's why you kind of saw us passing the ball a little bit early in the game. Um, but it definitely changes your your mindset. You know, I think we have our our same strategy um, going into it. But um, you know, I, I think it, it also depends on what the what the defense gives you as well. What what kind of strategy they're gonna they're gonna run against us. But um, you know, I think we're still gonna want to try and establish the ball, uh, establish the run, and, and try and be physical up front. And hopefully, that opens up the passing game a little bit. Was it a surprise that they ran that six-two front? Oh, we had seen it. We had seen it um, a little bit on film. You know, they ran it a little bit against the Niners. It seemed like anytime we put a big guy on the field, they added a big guy too. So you know, we go two or three tight ends. They wanted to put another big guy on the field. Um, even when we were in, you know, our you know three receiver sets, it seemed like they'd run base defense for them a little bit. We got them in. We got them in zebra. You know, we got them in nickel a few times, and, and we were able to run the ball pretty well. Um, a couple times. It, it wasn't a surprise. We, we knew it was coming, but, you know, for a team to run 6-2 the whole, you know, for a majority of snaps, you know, that's uh, they really want to take away, you know, one aspect of your game, the run game. Thank you. Thanks, Scott. We're going to take two more. Jeff Shadell, Marla Reinar. Jeff? Hey, Joel, have you talked to uh, Jack or Jed today to have any sense of where they are for Thursday? Yeah, I've talked to them. Um, I don't know anything about their injuries, so. All right, thanks, Jeff. We'll close with Marla right now. Joel, just wondering how Hudson and Hans are you seeing improvement? You know, just and what can you? I know it's a short week, but I would assume you're continuing to like maybe help them out during the week. Uh, how is that going? Yeah, I, I, we haven't watched the film as a group yet because we're, you know, short week. But um, you know, I watched it. Blake watched it last night. We talked a little bit this morning about what we saw. Um, you know, and, and, you know, Blake's playing next to me, so there's a lot more I can kind of help him with. And I thought we had some good pass-offs in the twist game. Um, like you said, we didn't get to run the ball as much, but um, he he told me he had a couple pass protections that he wanted back, you know, one with with J.J. and stuff like that. But he's fighting, man, and, and, and he's smart, so he knows what he's doing. We don't have really miscommunications in that part of the game, and, and I think the game at left tackle is slowing down for him, you know, week to week. Um, you know, I haven't – I talked to James a little bit this morning, but we haven't watched a film, and it's just like – 
it's his first, you know, NFL start, um, you know, their snap count things and, and things of that nature where it, it stinks because it happens. But, you, you know, you try and learn from those and try and keep improving, improving from those. You know, I, I do give those two guys credit, though, man. They were not expected to play, you know, this early in their seasons and, you know, careers. And, and they're going out there and fighting and competing. And, um, you know, that, that's hopefully, you know, we improve from it and we keep getting better. That was Brown's offensive lineman Joel Batonio earlier today in Berea. The news with Julie coming up next right here on News Radio WTAM 1100. We now join the news conference from Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski earlier today in Berea. Okay, on the injury front, uh, Kareem has a calf injury uh, that's significant, so he'll miss some time. Uh, that's in the weeks. And then Jeremiah Wusu Karamoa has an ankle injury that's also significant, so he'll miss some time. That's that's also in the weeks. Um, and then Baker with the shoulder, we'll just gather more information over the next couple of days on him as well as Odell with the shoulder. Uh, just going to gather gather some information, see how those guys do over the next 48 hours, call it. Um, and then I'll, on the rest of the crew, um, you know, I know the questions are coming on Jack and Jed and those guys and Jarvis, and, and we'll see. I don't have a, a firm answer on a lot of those guys, so we just got to get through this a uh, couple days and, and see where everybody is. Uh, you know, obviously still frustrated, disappointed with uh, our performance yesterday. And then uh, ultimately we're moving on and we're full speed ahead on the Denver Broncos. And this thing comes at you quick. And uh, we're going to make sure that we turn the page with the players as they come in here this afternoon and we get started on uh, the Denver Broncos team. And Coach Fangio who does a great job uh, with their defense. I think they got explosive players on their offense. So it's going to be quite the challenge on Thursday night. And with that, I'll take any questions. Thanks, Coach. The first question will be from Tom Withers. Thanks, Rob. Thank you, Kevin. Um, Kevin, as far as Kareem's concerned, was that an IR situation? Is that a three-game situation? I think it. We'll work through all that uh, on the roster, but it's it's likely, yeah, in that it's going to be more than three games. Got you. And then, as far as Baker's concerned, he said that the the show did pop out twice yesterday. On the short week, Kevin, is this a, a good situation where it might be wiser to have him sit? play keys and then kind of go from there, giving Baker a little bit of extra time. Yeah, I think we'll make sure Tom to, to work through all that in the next couple of days. And, and obviously take the, you know, what the medical staff says, what Baker in this case says, and we do that for all of our players. Uh, that's, you know, making sure we make prudent decisions with, with all of these guys. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Nate Ulrich is next. Kevin, um, do you have any um, kind of sense of where you're at with the planning as far as Case Keenum for Thursday? What, what do you mean, Nate? Well, I mean, will you head into, you know, tomorrow you get back on the practice field for your one practice. Mm-hmm. Case Keenum take reps with the starters. Will you be preparing him as if he's going to go? Is Baker going to miss any practice time? I know you're, you know, said we'll see how it goes. I'm just trying to kind of find out what that exactly means. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I can't kind of give you any more information just because it's it's so early in the day, early in the week. I think I'll have a better sense tomorrow um, with a lot of these guys. So I, I really don't – I don't know is, is the truth. Like I see how Baker and all these guys uh, respond over the next 24 hours. And with uh, Kareem, um, NFL Network uh, reported uh, that four to six weeks is the estimate. Is that the estimate that you're hearing from your medical staff? It's in that ballpark, but uh, I don't – I didn't get that exact number. Thank you.
Thank you, Nate. Scott Patrick, you're up. Hey, Kevin, with so many injuries and uncertainty, how did you go about devising a game plan when the game's three days away? Well, we're still devising that game plan, and I think that's what we have to do. We have to be fluid in, in what we do. Uh, w- w- the truth is we may not know who's available to us for another 24, 48 hours, if you will. Uh, so that's that's what we have to do, and that's uh, no different than everybody uh, in the NFL right now. You have guys that uh, may make it, uh, to, to the game may not, and that's just that's life in the big city. Thanks. Thanks, Scott. Mary Kay Cabot, we'll go to you. Uh, yeah, Kevin, when it comes to, to Baker Mayfield, will it strictly be for you uh, if the medical doctors say that his left shoulder is good to go? Uh, based on what you've seen in the past few games, he's starting the game, or might you look at it and say, you know, he hasn't looked like himself a little bit to me, and Maybe independent of what they say, I might have to figure out if uh, playing case over him is the right decision. Yeah, Mary Kay, I think with any injury, um, I'm not the expert. I'm not the medical expert, so I will listen to the medical team here. And, and we listen to the player. With every single player here, It's you treat them. Uh, and you have a dialogue with them. You talk to the the doctors, and, and we'll make uh, you know again make good decisions and, and smart decisions with all of these guys. Thank you. Thanks, Mary Kay. Dale Ryder, you have our next question. Yeah, sorry to follow up with another Baker question here, but um, he went right back in uh, again like he did against the Texans. How much of that was Baker saying, I'm good to go, and how much of that was the medical? And off of that, might you have to protect Baker from himself because he's he's adamant. He's not missing any time. He's going to play, but injuries – are injuries and he might put himself in harm's way there. Yeah. Daryl, what I would tell you is on all those type of conversations, uh, I'm going to defer to the medical staff on when a guy is ready and or not ready. Uh, and again, when we talk to the players, you know, in the situation yesterday, uh, he was deemed ready to go back in. Uh, and, and obviously, as you saw, Baker wanted to go back in, um, but we will always do what's right by our guys. Appreciate you, Daryl. Cam Justice, you're up. Hey, Kevin, I have a question about the uh, the defense. You know, the team has cited communication as the biggest issue to address when it comes to the defense and getting them back on track. I'm just curious on how you go about fixing that. How do you start that? Is there a specific area like detailed walkthroughs or signal calling changes that you begin at? How does that process start? Yeah, Cam, I think each week uh, we, we try to make sure that the communication is on point really through them in the meeting rooms, those walkthroughs that you mentioned, we've added walkthroughs uh, going back a few weeks. We've added walkthroughs uh, on, on Thursday to, to over communicate, if you will. Uh, and then at practice, we, we place a huge premium on it. So uh, it's it's ultimately it has to be better uh, across the board. And that's really for the team when it comes to communication, because oftentimes some of those mistakes you see are, are, are a product of miscommunication. So we'll keep working uh, very hard at that. Thank you. Thanks, Cam. Uh, Matt Fontana, go ahead. Yeah, Kevin, I, I know you've said in the past you, you were going to be aggressive on fourth down. You said that before the season even started, and we asked you about it yesterday, but does it ever enter your mind to maybe change the thought process on going forward, or is it strictly we are going to go forward and we have to execute better? Yeah, I, I mean, I really believe we have to ex- we have to call 
better plays and we have to execute better. Uh, we need to, in those moments when, when we're going for it, uh, I, I got to make sure that uh, I give the guys something they can execute, uh, something that we can get the ball out of our hands on time, those type of things. Uh, and that's where I need to be better. Each game is, is different. Um, I've said it before. We're not being aggressive just for the sake of being aggressive, trying to be smart in what we're doing. But, I'm sorry, but to follow up, we have to be better. That's uh, pretty obvious. And then just with all the injuries and, and just two tough games, do you need to say anything to the team to, to it'd be easy for the morale to go down? Everybody's getting hurt. We're not playing well. Do you feel the need to say anything to the team? Well, I, I will address the team uh, later today. And listen, it, it's the NFL. Uh, injuries are part of the game. Uh, and we have a game on Thursday. And, and we got to get ready. And, and we're going to be full speed uh, on to the Denver Broncos. Thanks, Matt. Our next question is going to go to Jeff Chanel. Jeff? Hey, thank you. Do you think uh, we talk about communication all the time? Is that really the only problem with a uh, secondary, or does it go a little deeper than that? Yeah, I, I wouldn't pin you know all of our issues as a team and you know in any area on just communication. Uh, obviously, it's an important part when you're playing these games that everybody's on the same page, but there's, there's a bunch of different areas that we have to clean up. Um, and it's, sometimes it's alignment. Sometimes it's assignment. Sometimes it's technique. Sometimes it's, you know, giving these guys, uh, things that they can, uh, execute. So it's, it's all of those things. I wouldn't just say it's a, a communication, uh, thing. Thank you, Jeff. Tom Withers, back to you. Thanks, Kevin. Sorry. I know you got a busy week. Um, but, how did Baker look to you, though, otherwise yesterday? I know the the injury has obviously been an issue, but was he making the reads that you wanted? Was he was he as crisp as you needed him to be? I don't think any of us were as crisp as we needed to be, Tom. Uh, you know, we turned the ball over three times. They turned it over. We had zero takeaways. Uh, we had been doing a decent job of taking care of the ball, uh, you know, up until yesterday. We just were a little too careless at times. Um, and again, we didn't take it away. So you finish minus three. Uh, it's, it's just not how you're going to get a win uh, in this league. And I'm sorry if you were asked this yesterday. It looked like you could have had a big hitter on that reverse to Odell. Was the Did the handoff need to happen there? Yeah, you know, Tom, I really don't want to get into the specifics on those type of things uh, respectfully. I just think it's uh, – I got you. Uh, there, there's a bunch of different things and a bunch of different things. I wish I did differently, uh, and, and we can clean those things up. Thank you, Tom. We'll go to Dan Lobby. Hey, Kevin. Um, about Baker and I guess just the quarterback position in general, and, and I know you'll never – like you said, you're going to do what's best for the player. But is the quarterback position a little different when it comes to playing hurt? Is I guess is there a higher expectation that that guy needs to be out there if it's not going to put him in more harm's way? I, I don't think so, Dan. Uh, you know, I, I could think of some other guys that are pushing through injuries on our team uh, as well. And as you know, you, you feel 100 percent the first day of training camp and then that's the last time you feel like that. So, uh, again, uh, speaking about all of our players, uh, we have a bunch of guys pushing through, you know, Thing, nicks, bruises, whatever you will, um, but we're not gonna. We're gonna always do what's best for the player. Thank you. Thanks, Dan. Nate Ork is next. Hey, Kevin. I'm sorry if I uh, I missed early, but um, did you mention Nick Chubb? Do you have any feel for if he can go Thursday? Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not gonna rule him out yet. Obviously, a short week makes it harder. Uh, 
but he's uh, he's progressing. Okay, and then on, on JOK, um, is it a high ankle, and is he going to be going on our IR like Kareem? It's a high ankle, and I think we're going to work through all the uh, roster designations uh, today. Thanks, Nate. Fred Greetham, go ahead. Hey, Coach. I know Tom asked about this, but last year uh, you were really good at in the turnover ratio, and this year, I mean, you were near the top. Right now you're more towards the bottom. What What is the major difference? You got some good players on defense just not taking it away. Yeah, I want to say we're middle of the pack, and that's not where we want to be when it comes to turnover margin. We, we put a huge emphasis on it. Uh, we drill it every day. Uh, again, we, we had too many giveaways yesterday, um, and that's uncharacteristic of how we've been playing. And then we do have to do a better job, and, and those things come via tip balls. They come via uh, great plays on the ball, knocking, you know, rip attempts, getting the ball out. It was on the ground a few times. We didn't get it. So it's going to continue to be a huge emphasis of ours. Uh, and, and sometimes they come in bunches, but but we got to make sure that we take that thing away. Thanks. Fred, Doug, Lee, Maurice, you have our next question. Hey, Kevin, uh, I want to ask about a specific play from yesterday as part of a bigger picture. On the play where Baker got hit by Watt and fumbled and hurt the shoulder, he, he looked like he had Odell in front of him. He sort of pumped it and then brought it down and tried to escape. Um, we just had the TV feed. I don't know if he had a guy in his passing lane or what, but would you preferably like to see Baker just take that short pass to Odell there? And how how has Baker done in taking the throws that might be there in front of him versus maybe trying to hold on to the ball and make a big play throughout the season? Yeah, Doug, I'd tell you on that specific play, uh, quite honestly, it wasn't a very good play call. Not, not many people open on that play. Um, they covered it pretty well. Uh, he, you know, Baker was getting close to having a scramble there. So it's not like there was anybody wide open. But to your point, Doug, I tell you, there's a, there was a play late. Um, I don't know if it was earlier or later than that, uh, where he took Kareem on a similar type concept where Kareem was open and he, and he dotted it on him right now. Uh, so that's always an emphasis of our quarterbacks, knowing when to be aggressive, when, when to take those uh, things that are in, right in front of you. Thanks. Appreciate it, Doug. Daryl Ryder, back to you. Hate to go back to the fourth down thing here, Kevin, but um, yesterday when you went for it, you were only down seven, and it was still the first quarter. And if you kick the field goal, you're down four. It's seven, you know, seven three at that point. You're down your two your two tackles. The offense isn't exactly humming on all cylinders. How much does feel? Uh, or like gut feeling, you know, the coaches and players, they get those gut feelings. and they, How much does that weigh in to your decision-making process on, on fourth down? Yeah, I'd tell you, Daryl, every game's different. Uh, every matchup is different. Uh, and, we, and we look at that when, when planning out those type of decisions. Uh, you're right, it was early in the game. Uh, just that it was a call that we liked. Um, didn't didn't come through and, and again that's where I needed to make sure I'm giving these guys plays that they can execute uh, and and convert because uh, you know we have to be better it's it's that's no secret that was Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski earlier today in Berea Cavs HQ coming up next right here on News Radio WTAM 1100.